This, this, this is the Cigar Authority. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. The authority on everything cigar. Respect my authority. Who got the lighter? In and out of the cigar industry with your hosts, David Garofalo. I'm here from downtown. I'm here from Mitch and Murray. And I'm here on a mission of mercy. Mr. Jonathan. He's confident, smart, witty, dynamic, a monster. And Chuck Morrison. This is a hard job. So I was working at McDonald's. It's time to light him up. It's time for the Cigar Authority. It's the Catalina f- wine mixer. It's about to get all stupid up in here. Light him up, light him up, light him up, everybody. March 1st, 2014, broadcasting live from my office, high atop of... Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire. And this week, we're going back to the 80s. We're going to smoke cigars from the 1980 Olympics. Uh, and cigar shop manager Dwayne Morenci will join us to talk about the good old days in the cigar world. We have a... Uh, we're not giving away a lighter today. We're not giving, We're not away, giving a away a lighter today, even though it says it here, Ron Burgundy. But um, <laughs> we have Old Fat Freddy, Gentleman Chuck Morrison, and we'll get Debonair, that and lots more. Welcome, everybody, to the Cigar Authority. And you are listening to the Cigar Authority, the only radio show in the U.S. and, yes, the world that is always broadcast on location this week, the world headquarters of Two Guys Smoke world Shop. World headquarters. The world- <laughs> I said that. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, the only We are the only show that doesn't just allow smoking. We insist and demand that you light up along with us. You can tune in at thecigarauthority.com where you can watch us live or catch the podcast on demand at any time. You simply find us on YouTube where you can subscribe or iTunes where you can set it and forget it. That's it. That's all I got. And Podbean. Podbean is um, highlighting yeah. us. Featured. Featured. We are a featured podcast. Under the... Education. This Man. is education. So right. they Naturally. were all, all those school teachers were all wrong about me. You were wrong. I wasn't going to amount to anything. There you go. I'm an educator just like you were. What do you think of that? <laughs> Featured like, educator. Do you like apples? Because how do you like them apples? That's right. There we go. So we're going to smoke a cigar today from the 1980 Olympics. Um, House of Windsor. This is a machine-made cigar. And uh, do they even make House of Windsor anymore? I'm not even sure. It is uh, manufactured by House of Windsor. was the company at the time. And um, 50 cigars in this box. They probably cost about 10 bucks at the time, $10, $12. Cheap cigars. Claro wrappers. That's green. Uh, mm, my favorite. Uh, natural leaf outside wrapper. And um, these were made for officially the official sponsor of the 1980 Winter Olympics. That ain't going to happen nowadays that they're going to let a tobacco product be the sponsor of any Olympics or anything any longer. But this is 1980, so this is 2014. It's 34. 34 years ago. 34 years ago. So, uh, hey, brand new box. Just for the record, I've smoked one of these before. So Inside uh, here, special. When I was two. Special lid holder enclosed. So see this? Yeah. And in here is a little piece of uh, metal that goes in here and holds the lid open. See if I can figure out how to do this. For those listening. Yeah, for those listening. He's sticking it in the hole. There we go. And now it's in the hole. So, and that would be if it was in the guy's store. It would be held open so it wouldn't fall down. You'd think they'd do those now. Wouldn't that be nice? Were well, cigars humid- humidified those days in cigar stores? 1980. <laughs> they had to be, right? They wanted to dry it out. I don't know. Imagine. I got in the business in 85. Well, yes, really... there was because I got the humidor. The humidor we carried in the store was the 
Patriarca, Patriarca. which is Raymond Patriarca, the mobster. That was his legitimate business, nice. making making um, display cases humidified for cigars. Awesome. So I remember, this is 1985, ordering some display cases and some humidifiers, which were brown with coils inside that heated up the water for the humidity to come out with a fan blowing on it. But it actually heated it up, got hot. And um, I call up. Little place old, to go. Hey, what's happening? Forget no, about it. It was a little old lady. Little old lady. Of course. <laughs> so I said, yeah, I need to order some cases and I need some humidifiers and all this. So how, what do I do? And she says, we'll send it to you and then you'll send us the money. I said, do you want anything from me or anything? No, no, honey. That's all right. Don't worry about a thing. <laughs> because of that, I'm sure that was her, her, fat, her uh, son or whatever that you, you're going to get. Didn't have a problem. No, yeah. we'll, uh, we'll collect. We'll, we'll collect. take care no of No collections that. department. Right. So this is um, from those days, 1980. I'll throw one. Oh, good. And Chuck, I'm going to throw it to you. All right, bro. There's a pull tab on it. What is this? Look you know, this. I never the band. smoked a domestic cigar in my adult life. Ever. Ever. Ever? Really? Ever. I've never smoked a Philly. I've never smoked a Gasha Vega. And I've been here 17 years. Yeah, Dwayne Morenci, uh, we'll bring him up right now, which is uh, he is the manager of uh, the highest volume independently owned retail cigar store in the world. In the world. That's it. The flagship. And you've, um, been, you've been with us how long? 17 years. 17 years. So... Um, and um, we do sell domestic cigars, not flavored domestic cigars. This is not a flavored domestic cigar, nor were there any flavored cigars at that time. But um, Domestic being what exactly? Well, at the time, made in the United States would be domestically made. But now it's looked upon. This is from Windsor, Connecticut. This is where they grew tobacco. Uh, a lot of tobacco in Connecticut, in Connecticut one time. And... Um, they would make cigars in the United States machine, not by hand, mm. machine-made cigars. Now, a domestic is, is a uh, popular priced or many, many words that go along right, with right. what it is, but basically a machine-made cigar. And um, just so you understand the sheer volume of machine-made cigars, in the premium end, 250 million premium cigars are sold in the United States a year. 250 million, Okay. That's less than one per person yeah. in the United States. When it comes to domestically made or machine-made cigars, six billion, with a B, six billion of these cigars are made. So the premium cigar guys, the, the snobby guys that say, oh, I smoke, uh, you know, nobody smokes that, that crap. Or they, they see them, that, that we, you know, we sell them by the full box here. Nobody smokes that crap. 250 million to six billion. Unreal. Yeah, there's a lot more people smoking this stuff, and it's price driven. It's, there's a lot of different reasons. So, just so it's all in billions, and correct me if my math is wrong, which it probably is, uh, that's a quarter of a billion to six billion. Quarter yeah. of a billion to six billion, yeah. Just so that we have it all yeah, in billions, because yeah, yeah. that's how my brain likes to that work. That would be 24 times, 24 times, 24 more times more machine-made wow. domestic cigars. Okay. Now, Dave, something that I'm. Go ahead, Dwayne. Dave, what I'm looking at here, this is a real tobacco wrapper Absolutely. back in these days, right? Yep. Today, not so. Some do. Some. Some will say natural leaf tobacco. This is a uh, from Connecticut. This is a Connecticut Candela, meaning not, um, not kept long, long enough for, the, for it to ferment and change uh, the wrapper color. And even after 34 years. Still green. It, it didn't change. Right. It's still green. Very firm, I'm noticing. Well, everyone is perfect. That's what I'll say about when you talk about consistency. Nothing's more consistent than a machine. 
everyone is exactly the same. If you like it, you're going to like it all the time because it'll always be the same. If you hate it, it's always going to be the same. Now, you see the little hole. Yeah, we don't actually have to cut it, but we do have to go through and pay the bills. Yeah, we're gonna, go through I'm going to cut it anyway because it's too small of a hole. I would want it open anyway. But that's from the rod that goes in, and then the tobacco is spun basically on it to, no kidding. to do that. Yeah. So it is time to cut our cigar. The official cutting is brought to you by Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo is the brand that while all other cigar brands were raising prices, Perdomo cut out the federal S-chip tax and actually lowered them. Perdomo Cigars, they stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. So we'll cut uh, a little bit of this. Again, um, Mr. Jonathan is correct that you don't have to cut this. And I'm not going to. I'm going to cut. But I am going to cut a little bit. I'm not going to because it, it's a cutter that we all share, and I already had put it in my mouth. And, it's uh, not that the tip the reminds you of anything, and you like it that way, right? It's not that. Wow. No, I'm just going to say that the uh, the last person to make fun of me on the show ended up getting some hate mail, so just be careful, Dwayne. Oh, hate mail. Oh. Just be careful. <laughs> hate mail mafia. Oh. <laughs> so we're going to light our cigar, and uh, I'm using the Vertigo Cyclone. Cyclone. Uh, he's, no, he's got the Cyclone. This is the Vortex. Vortex. And the Vortex I like because I, I do use it at my desk, and it's able to stand up, and then I don't have to just throw it on the table. So I like the, vor- the Vortex. Fourteen ninety nine triple jet. It's got the uh, dual-action lid. When you press the button down, the lid pops open. And you are the Cyclone? Available Dwayne at is, Two Guys Smoke Shop. Dwayne is using the Dwayne's uh, gonna be Cyclone. going to throwing in commercials this whole show. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So we're going to smoke cigars from the 80s today, and this is the first one, which is really 1980. For no reason, by the way. We're not at, there's no reason why we're smoking from the 80s. Carol Ramis died. He was the <laughs> 80s guy. He, and the Olympics are going on right now. But yeah, just, just ended the Olympics. Are they still going on? I think they just ended. Just ended, yes. Correct. Well, by the time you hear this. Right. By the time we hear this. Because today is Saturday, March 1st. <laughs> not that it's Tuesday or anything. Not that it's Tuesday, February 25th, and that's because tomorrow morning I am heading off to the Dominican Republic where I'll go see different cigar manufacturers while I'm down there, see what's coming up, what's going to be new, see if I can get some deals while I'm down there, and uh, get the inside scoop for us on the Cigar Authority to know what's going on. And then- they, they have just completed the um, Boston, uh, the Boston, the Dominican Cigar Festival. Oh, yeah, right? yeah. And... Um, you know, they'll get some intel while they're down there and stuff, but the juice is right now. This is when you get the stuff. It's all over. Everything's calmed down. They walked into other people's factories, and other people walked into their factories, and now that's when I step in and say, okay, let's see what's going on here. Now, so, this, this, this is a Panatella. I was going to ask, what, what, what shape are we looking at here? Yeah, this is um, it is a Panatella, um, and I would say maybe a 35 ring gauge or so. Yeah, probably spot on. Yeah. Uh, today called the Lancero. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The um, the person that's smoking um, premium cigars would look at this and say, you're smoking the Lancero. But this is a Panatella. Very popular in, in the 60s through the 80s. Would uh, it say Fino it, because of the short fill of it in those days? Was No. Not even know. mentioned, right? Nope. Nope. Now, uh, speaking of Wooden smaller- box. Wooden box, though. Smaller ring this, gauges. This was, a, this was one of one of the top lines. House of Windsor in those days was looked upon as a top line of the domestic, where say a Phillies or something. It was a be. premium, non-premium. Right. Listen, hey. you're not going to tell everybody my nickname in high school was Stubby, talking about uh, small <laughs> ring gauges, right? No, yeah. I'm not. Okay. 
At least I'm not the only one going for the double entendre. There we go. Uh, awesome. We got, uh, I got hit up this afternoon by a gentleman by the name of John Lever. Hit on? Hit on? Yeah. Hit up. Oh, hit up. Hit up. Uh, he says, Mr. Jonathan, I was listening to the Cigar Authority this morning. Y'all. He says y'all. He actually typed the word he typed y'all. y'all. He typed y'all. He's got to be from the South. Y'all were talking about how there's more wrapper by ratio on a thin cigar like a Panatella. There we go. This seems logical, but I wanted to see for myself, so I used some simple geomet- geometric formulas and proved that the wrapper filler ratio is inversely proportional to the radius of the cigar. For example, if you have two cigars and one has a radius that's three times as big, then the wrapper the filler ratio of the larger one is one-third that of the smaller one. What he's basically saying is that what? it all ends up being the same. The, as ratio, you, the, no, the wrapper filler ratio will be the same no matter what. Because as you blow, as you put more filler on the inside, you end up adding more wrapper. more wrapper, but the ratio of wrapper to filler ends up being the same because it's more filler and the same amount of more. And it doesn't matter how long the cigar is either. Well, with respect to no, circumference. Yeah, so if you're t- you'd have to compare apples to apples, a 7-inch cigar to a 7-inch cigar, because they're both cylinders, assuming they're both cylinders, his math equation, and he... Is he a mathematician, Is he, or just a guy making sense? I'm going to say that he's got to be a mathematician, because his Y'all would cylinder take that right away. Volume <laughs> equals pi times the radius... Really? ...times 2 times the height, right. where R equals radius... And H equals height. All right. I'm not going to argue the point because I... Uh, you I got failed. lost as soon as I said pi. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was over. So... I uh, failed algebra. What I had to go to summer school. <clears throat> really? The yeah. only thing that I was thinking... That so balance between the, in the brand, between sizes, it's balanced no matter it's how balanced. you play with it. Wow. Wrapper filler ratio is the same regardless of the thickness or size it's of that cigar. Believe. Well, this because is the pe- only... Because people say all the time, if you get a small, a thinner cigar... You'll taste more wrapper because the wrapper ratio. It's and you me, know and you know they're going to use a, a smaller wrapper to roll a lancero. You don't need as wide a swath, so you're going to end up. It makes sense. Not to me. To me, it seems like there'd be more wrapper as uh, in comparison to filler and binder on this on this thinner cigar. But because you take a sixty, go halfway around it. By the time you get to all the filler, you've only hey, who knows? Hey, the guy did some math. We're taping this at the oddest we time an during the day, and we have an audience. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, Thank you, don't, you. you don't know I tweeted all my friends and told them I was going to be here? Both of them? No. Yeah. They're both, they're both on. They're both on. Yeah. <laughs> How many you got? You got none. <laughs> so what do you think? Be honest. Hey, if I was on a deserted island, I'd be in heaven right now just to have a cigar, right? So a cigar is a cigar. It's got a little bit of mintiness to it. Not uncommon for uh candela wrapper. It's like a... A distant, faded mint thing going on. Are we supposed to be honest? Yeah. All right. I'd rather have a sister in a brothel than a brother smoking a cigar like this. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I don't, I don't exactly know what that means, but I'm just going to laugh. I... <laughs> well, can I use the other term for a brothel? <laughs> yeah. I'd rather have a sister in a whorehouse than a brother that smoked domestic cigars. It's um, calling a spade a spade. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I wouldn't choose this at all. And this, little, little headache. This, yeah. this goes to the thing that 
you know, if you take something that, that's really, really good, aging a, a cigar, really, really good cigar, and then you age it for a long period of time, you've got a tremendous cigar. But if you start with a crappy cigar, you get an old, crappy cigar. <laughs> and that's what we have. Is that we, what we have here? We have a, a 34-year-old crappy cigar that's now 34 years old. But, you know, interesting that um, this is before they were using um, – Flavorings in the tobaccos and things like this. 1980, there was none of that going on. I at don't all. think it's bad at all. It's actually not bad. It's mild. It's actually not bad. And I was expecting, given it's 34 years old, I was expecting it to be completely flavorless. It's got some stuff going on. It's not the most complex cigar, but it wasn't complex to begin with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's really not bad. It really isn't. I don't know even if they make House of Windsor anymore, but wouldn't it be interesting to see what House of Windsor is today? Compared to what this was, Rudy's on I'll, it. I'll tell you, it's really thick. I mean, um, dense. Yeah, packed. very, very packed. Yeah, burning perfect. It's, it's not like you could fold this thing in half. You you couldn't even. No way. No. It's staying lit. May and I think they may. I think they may not go out. Yeah. This is before Great. they. Uh, oh yeah. Had to make them so tobacco Fire goes safe. out. Yeah. yeah. What? There was a time when cigars would just stay lit. Um. I think it was George Burns. The reason why he uh, originally started smoking cigars was during his show that he timed out the cigar, how long it would end up lasting. It didn't matter if he put it in the ashtray or whatever. When the cigar got to the band or something, his set was over, and he used it as a timer. Wow. Timer and, cigar. And, well, and, he, and he smoked domestic cigars. He smoked El Productos. Yeah. And it was, a, it was a prop, he said in an interview once. That he wasn't a real smoker? No, he still smoked it, but the cigar on, as part of his act was more of a prop huh. than it was for uh, enjoyment. His El Productos were made specifically for him, right? El Producto made cigars for George. At, at the Brown, very right? end. Oh, at the at very end. end. Yeah, at the end. So, uh, all right, today is, uh, for all intensive purposes, today is March 1st. In this classic day, March 1st in American Classic History is brought to you by Alec Bradley's American Classic Cigars. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready. heard of epic rap battle and now it's time for the epic battle for this day in american classic history is looking at you kid featuring mr jonathan it's in the hole. i think he's the, the champion hole. versus i don't think Sean so no. over, man. i don't think so i think jeremy and i took it last week it was just a couple of days ago we should remember but i believe it was <laughs> chuck morrison make my day brought to you by Alec Bradley's American Classic Cigars. Alec Bradley American Classic Cigars are affordably priced and inspired by cigars popular in America in the early part of the 20th century. Mild to medium-bodied blends of specially aged Nicaraguan long filler tobaccos. Celebrate today with an Alec Bradley American Classic Cigar. Look at my ash hanging on like this. It's like it's a long filler or something. It's holding an yeah. ash. Wow. It's amazing. I'm going to hit it just so I don't make a mess on it. But what do we have? Dr. Cigar on the chat? We got breaking news. Breaking news. There's another Canadian. There's two. What? Joining Rudy from the north. So right now, they must know our audience other. is more Canadian than they are American <laughs> at this point. He knows. He must know Rudy. Well, there, there we go. Okay, Dwayne, this is how it works. You've got to pick a partner over here, Mr. Jonathan or Chuck Morrison, to be in this day in American history. Who do you want to work with over here? I work with Chuck. With Chuck. Why does everybody say that? 
So this is closest without smart. going That's over. That's why they say Closest that. without going over uh, of, of the date of the birth of who it is. Now, so who goes first? Chuck? Yep. You guys go first? And Dwayne. So Chuck and Dwayne. Glenn Miller, American uh, trombonist, composer, and band leader of the Glenn Miller Orchestra, American big band arranger, composer, band leader of the swing era. He did In the Mood, Moonlight Serenade, Pennsylvania 65,000, The Chattanooga Choo Choo, A String of Pearls, and lots more. Glenn Miller, today is his birthday. What year was he born? I go first, 1936. I'm going to agree with that. 1936. I'm going to say 1924. 1924. You're both over 1904. Wow. Seeing that the big band era was 1940, he would have had to been two in order to write those songs. It's so. possible. It's possible. I guess it's possible. <laughs> Mr. Jonathan, Harry Belafonte, American singer, songwriter, and actor, the king of Calypso, popularizing Caribbean music style into an international audience. Dale! <laughs> Harry Belafonte's birthday is today. Harry Belafonte was born in 1944. 1944, he says. 1900 for the win. What do you think? 1936. So you guys got to decide amongst each other. We, we don't want to go over. We don't want to go over. I said we play it safe, say 1900, but you say 19... All right. No, we'll go with yours. 1900 if we're going to play that way. And what did you say, Mr. Jonathan? 40. 1940. I believe. 40 is over. 1927. You guys get a point. Nice. And that's how you get it without going over, right? Yep. Okay, uh, Mr. Jonathan. Chuck Morrison. Oh, sure. Chuck Morrison. Roger Daltrey. English singer. Songwriter, producer, and actor. The Who. No oh. Plan B. Road Cruises. Tommy. Who are you? You know who he is. Roger Daltrey. Today's his birthday. What year? 1952. 52? 1952. You're going to stay with that? <laughs> yes. Okay, they say 1952, Mr. Uh, Jonathan. I'm going to say he was born in 1946. And you're both over. 1944. What? Ooh, wow. He looks pretty good. Wow, I saw them too. Yeah? He was born in 44. 44. Yeah. So he's an old dude, man. Uh, Mr. Jonathan. Wow. You ready? I'm ready. Alan Thicke, Canadian actor, composer, and game show host. Not fair. He's Canadian. Thick, and, and, that's right. And separated from his girl. Thick of the Night. He's that's best known for his Thicke. role as Jason Seaver in the father on ABC television right. series Growing Pains. Growing Pains. He's the father of singer-songwriter Robin Thicke. Robin Thicke, yeah. He's, but he uh, is Alan Thicke. Alan, Alan the Thicke father. was what? born in 1951. 1951, he says. 47. No, 40. 1940. 52. All right, you guys got to decide. Want to meet halfway? Want to meet halfway? It's got to be over his. I think it's over his. What, do you, what day year did you say, Mr. Jonathan? 51. 51. Oh, let me see. You're thinking it's over. I'm thinking it's under, man. Oh, yeah, all right. Go under. 1940, just for the win. Yeah. You would have had it 47 for two points. Ooh. You would have had right it, but, on. You, but you get the point. It's all right. You get the point. Okay, you guys. Nope. Mr. Jonathan. No. Yeah, it's you guys. It is us. I'm yeah. sorry. Chuck, I'm sorry. Chuck and Dwayne. Ron Howard. American actor, director, producer. He came to prominence as Opie Taylor in the sitcom The Andrew Griffith Show for eight years. Later as a teenager as Richie Cunningham on the sitcom Happy Days for another six years. He appeared in films as The Music Man, uh, American Graffiti. Yep. Brother of Clint Howard. Yeah, absolutely. Brother of Clint Howard. Today's his birthday. What year was he born? 46. I'll stick with 46. 46, Mr. Jonathan. I'm going to say that they are a little under, and I'm going to say 47. 
54. So Boom. you got that. I'm on the board two for the first one. time. All right, it's two to I, one. I, I, I thought he wasn't that It's much. two to one. I didn't either. Mr. Jonathan, jerk, <clears throat> Benedict, American actor, Lieutenant Templeton, Face Man, yes. Peck, and the 18 television series, Lieutenant Starbuck <sighs> and the original Battlestar Galactica. Today's his birthday. What year was he born? He was born in 1962. 1962. Oh, way over. 1950. I agree. 1950. 1945. You're oh, all over. Wow. These people are a lot older than they look. Okay, right now it's 2-1. to one. No, Mr. Jo- Mr. Jonathan needs uh, this to tie or an exact to win. Oh. Uh, and this is the last one. So this goes, goes to, to the boys. To the boys. It goes to... Dwayne and, and Chuck. Chuck. The Hoover Dam is completed. A concrete arch gravity dam Been there. in Black Cannon of the Colorado River on the border between the U.S. and Arizona, uh, bordering between U.S. states, Arizona, and Nevada. The Hoover Dam is completed today. What year? Oh, man. Dwayne, I need your help on this one, buddy. Yeah. I'm thinking like the 60s. No, before that. Before that. Yeah, we're going to go 1950. We are. Yep. Mr. Jonathan. I'm going to say 1926. 1936, but you still get the point, and we have a tie. A tie. We have a tie. It comes from nowhere. This day in American classic history was brought to you by Alec Bradley's American Classic Cigars. Mild to medium blends of specialty-age Nicaraguan's tobaccos. Celebrate today, March 1st, with an Alec Bradley American Classic Cigar. Nice job. So there you have it. So we're smoking the um, House of Windsor Panatella from 1980, 34-year-old cigar. Let me see if it stayed lit. It did not. Ah. It did not for me. So I'll relight it. I'll use my vertigo instead of sucking in to light the cigar. It's blowing out. I will blow out. It's getting sweeter. I noticed we, that as well. As we get as we get down into it. Yeah. Yep. It's holding together. 34 years old. It doesn't look bad. No, construction. It's got great. a good draw. For a little skinny panatella like this, it's got a good draw. Hey, whatever. You hang on to the stuff long enough. You, 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 when are you going to smoke it, you know? The thing is, it's a box of 50, and I'm probably not going to go for another one for an, at least another four years, right? <laughs> yeah. How, how often is the Olympics? Every four years? Every two if you want to go summer or winter. Really? Right? Yeah. You could flip-flop it. Yeah. So uh, 88 countries participated in the, uh, the Olympics. 15 disciplines, 98 medals were given out. The next Olympics coming up will be the Para- Paralympics. Uh, March 7th through 16th, the Paralympics is a major international multi-sport involving athletes with a range of physical and intellectual disabilities, including... In the inability mobile, to read. D- yes, <laughs> inability to read. Mobile disabilities, amputees, blindness, and cerebral palsy. So they're going to have blindness. Blind guys. What? I can't. I, I just have to imagine, like with curling, blind curling. The guys yelling, "Go left!" I I think. Yeah. I'm not, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what? We're just always going to go left. <laughs> I mean, what do you yeah. do? What are the, you know, they're not playing blind basketball and they're not blind swimming, right? Right. Imagine a guy going in a circle. Or, this is terrible. We should just leave this <laughs> yeah. alone, right? Well, and the, the, the one question I do have is how, how do you possibly gauge a, uh, an Olympic event 
when you have somebody that is blind and someone with one arm? Like how do you how do those two people compete against each yes. other? Is it the one arm events and then the blind? Oh, I events? don't know. I don't know. It's coming up. They're paired up. Yeah, I have to excuse March myself. I have a uh, pie in the oven. Oh, I'll really? be right back. Yes, you do. March seventh through sixteenth uh, is that. But then the if you want to call them the real, real Olympics, the Summer Olympics, twenty sixteen in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, yeah. and then twenty eighteen. Uh, comes the Winter Olympics again. South Korea, right? South Korea. Very yeah. good. No, thanks. Very good. Yeah, you're scared of that. But Brazil. Brazil, would, I would yeah, go to. Yeah, Rio yeah. de Janeiro. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, this is normally the time I say text cigars to 96362. This week we're not giving away a prize because we're not uh, live and we're not able to uh, find out who the answer of that person is. But if you've never done it before, text the word cigars to 96. 96- Three six two, and you'll be on the list. You only have to do it once, and when we have live shows, which is almost all the time, automatically you're in there. You don't have to do it more than once. Every once in a while we'll send you a text like we did today to people to let them know that we were taping the show if they wanted to tune in. I do have a but question. That's it. Yeah. Could we, could we get a set of dice and, and do a, uh, a giveaway with the chat box? Because some people, like, for example, if they live in Canada – the texting doesn't work from the United States into Canada for the mass texting. Rudy and I can text back and forth with each other, and we do. Okay. But Rudy cannot sign up for our texting program because of the short code to get to the texting program. The 96362 does not work in Canada. Because they don't have the number six? So what, what is I it? I think that might be it. Yeah. That might be it. Rudy, do you research that. Is it that you guys don't, don't know have... what the number six is? Yeah. What, <laughs> Just what check that, that for me. I don't think that's in Canadian. It's an upside-down nine. I think they get thrown and off it, by and it. And isn't it funny that more than 50% of the people on the chat box during a tape show... Oh, we're big in Canada. Yeah. We're, we're huge. But we're they're huge. not getting the text, and we sent the text out, and they're not there. So We've got to do something for them, right? Yes. Yeah. So roll the dice. we roll the dice, and, and then we say, okay, we're going to count down from the, the, the top seventh, of the screen. Like, chat. Yeah. The seventh, seventh chat. The seventh person to chat? Boom. Yeah. All right, like we'll the do seventh, something. The seventh chat message is from... Rudy, for example. Just Rudy to make it fair, and then Rudy can just chat seven times and win something. Okay. Yeah. No bad for Every, Everybody each time is going to say, hi, how you doing? Because yeah. <laughs> <same person." laughs> we can't. We can't uh... right, we'll come up with some other way. Cause, yeah. Cause that's yeah. I a... could get out of hand. <laughs> yeah, the sentence will be, I right. yeah. like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's what it will be. I hey, enter. So I'm leaving for, for Dominican Republic. I'm coming back, and we're going right into March Madness. We talked about it last week. Dwayne, you know what, what it's all about. It's March 7th at the Salem location. This is Dwayne's baby here. And because of what I just did today, which is I met with the accountant today, he said, you owe all this kind of money. Therefore, we have a big sale. We sell product really cheap just to get the money to pay the tax man. That's how it started, and that's how it continues to start, continues to go. So it's discounted product, unique deals, packs, all inventory off at least 20%, 30 40 50 and even more just to get rid of product that's dead product for us. Not that there's anything wrong with it. It just didn't sell. We run the numbers. That's what Mr. Jonathan does, runs the numbers, looks at it, and then says, okay, we bring it all to one store, and like a Band-Aid, we pull it off. Uh, it used to be the Midnight Madness sale. And we started getting old, me and you. Yeah. And we changed Couldn't the hang. We March Madness, close at 10. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Change the name and uh, let's... won't be long. It'll be 8 o'clock. Yeah. Right. 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 From the hours of 12 to 2. Right. <laughs> March silliness. <laughs> right, right. 
<laughs> so we'll make some changes like that and uh, go from there. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, the cigar jar, the ever moist humidification system, the old ways, and lots more. We'll talk about that. And more. apple pie. That's right. Stay tuned, everybody. We're live from my office, high atop of Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire. And you're listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Retailers Radio Network. We've come a long, long way together Through the hard times and the good I have to celebrate you, baby I have to praise you like I should Hi, this is Rocky Patel, and I'd like to invite you to try our 15th anniversary cigar. This cigar is made at our factory in Esteli, Nicaragua. Rich Habano wrapper from Ecuador, Nicaraguan fillers from our farms in Condega, Esteli, and Jalapa. This cigar delivers a lot of flavor, richness, body, and some spice. I promise you, if you've never tried the 15th anniversary, it's going to deliver all the flavor you ever want in a great, rich cigar. Okay, people, we've just been awarded the Brickhouse Attic Out. Now, this cigar was named Best Bargain Cigar of 2009 by Cigar Aficionado, got a 91 rating, plus it's the hottest cigar on the market. So, we need an award-winning slogan. He's a brick. How? What about it's not your grandfather's cigar? Ah, it's been done. Next? How about good to the last draw? Ah, something original, people. You deserve a brick today? Who are you? Do you even work here? Excuse me, sir. Am I to understand that every Brickhouse cigar is built with all the flavor and quality of the premium cigars of yesteryear? Yesteryear? Really? That's right, Bixby. But yet costs around five bucks each. Indeed. Well, sir, people don't really need a slogan. They don't? No, sir. Then what do they need? Five bucks and a comfortable chair. Five bucks and a comfortable chair. Genius! <laughs> Meet the perfect cigar to share with friends. Brickhouse by J.C. Newman. Handmade in Nicaragua with a fine Havana Subido wrapper. Brickhouse starts out earthy and crisp and burns well-rounded and smooth. Nothing stands the test of a good time like a Brickhouse. For more, visit BrickhouseCigars.com. Cigar smokers, how about if we go over a few cigar store sounds? Can you guess what this is? You think you got it? Okay. Do you know what this is? Now for the cigar. What do you think of this cigar? I'm lighting up a Lagiana Havana cigar. The Lagiana Havana natural cigars are, oh yeah, so smooth. Oh, yeah, the Maduro version is a bit beefed up, but oh, yeah, they're delicious, too. When asked what my favorite cigar is, I always say it's La Giana Havana. Oh, yeah. Walking in, you're greeted with the aroma of friendship. You move to the humidor and reach into the hallmark molded steel box, retrieving the only cigar worthy of such elegant protection. Your cut is meticulous. The light, easy, and full. Your taste buds are immediately inundated with a barrage of wood and rare spice flavors, all finished with a trademark plume of smoke. Moscow City Series from Hammer and Sickle. Live well. What am I supposed to say again? Freddy, for the last time, this is Old Fart Freddy, and you're listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Retailers Radio Network. Yeah, like he said. Uh, this is Old Fat Freddy, and you're listening to the Cigar Authority on the United. What? One more time. And you're listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Retailers Radio Network. There, that ought to hold the bastards. 
what you call me? And these are the people that run the store. Freddie is is the manager at that store. I got Dwayne over here. I got Mr. Jonathan. It's a whole collection of... It's a family. Is that what it is? Misfits. It's a family. Misfits. It's okay. What do they call... Howard Stern calls his people? Whack Pack. Whack Pack. Yeah. We got the Whack Pack here. I'll say. So this music... You wouldn't be in business... Without if it wasn't the whack pack, right? You you wait on whack packs. You have, you work with whack. Packs. Yeah. <laughs> if you go through the years of the different people, oh my god! So are we playing music that is? <laughs> it's uh, it's be- because is it license free music? No, it's not. Oh, it's still not. Okay. It's well, not. we just talked about it this afternoon. Oh, I don't have the. Ba- I don't so have any. Starting, I don't have any pre. Uh, oh, all right. You know, starting next week we go. All right. We have all to- legit. We Can have we to have a few bars because the radio stations are okay with it, but the but. YouTube has an issue with the licensing of the music. And how come it's okay on the radio and it's not okay on that? Be- you would think the opposite—that that nobody has control of of that of yep. what's out there. And yep. and it's a valid point. It's the wussification of the internet, man. Well, YouTube. Well, the, the no, issue. Well, YouTube, which the is issue Google, YouTube, which is and they're doing it to themselves, right? Uh, no, what happens? I, what happens when it comes to monetization is, if it's your intellectual property, no one else can make money off the intellectual property, and YouTube is set up to help you make money by making original right? content. Is that right? Mm-hmm. It's so nobody right? can make money off of my ideas. All right, my original maybe, things. Maybe so, the which idea is a perfect segue <laughs> into what we're going to talk about, which is. Dwayne's been around how long? 17 years? 17. 17 years. And um, this was in the day, you know, I, I, I really scrutinized before hiring you. Was <laughs> okay. So, so I know you from, first off, hiring you. I think you did it for nothing. I don't know if you get paid. Did you get paid to drive us to the big smoke in Boston? No, I did not get paid. I did that for free. Okay. So you came in as a customer, and there was the big smoke was in Boston at the time. That's before... Uh, they were, they were uh, doing it, I believe, in Vegas or anything like that. So it was going to be in Boston. And um, Dwayne was a school bus driver, if you can believe that. Now, how crazy nope. is this? The stuff that goes on there, right? School bus? Auto, yeah, school bus. City school. of Lowe. So we're going to go uh, one Wednesday night to the Big Smoke in Boston from New Hampshire, which is only 30 miles south of us is, is Boston, and they're going to have the Big Smoke. But a whole bunch of guys are going to get together, and they want to drink and smoke and uh, drive down there, and it's a nightmare for parking issues, and then they want to come back, and they don't have to worry about their car and driving and all this stuff. Nice. So, you know, do we limousine it? What do we do? And Dwayne comes in and says, uh, I'll pick you up in a full-size bus. A yellow school bus. With there must have been thirty of us. Yeah, we stopped in Everett to pick up a few people. Right, just smoke on the bus. Oh yeah, he he set up sand buckets at each thing. Awesome. So that there were sand buckets. To the, he was on top of it right from the get go, and um, you drove. I drove. And you did you come in too? Oh yeah, yeah. There was park. There was more parking for buses than there was cars. There. Awesome. Yeah, there was a big designated spot. I don't know Boston that well, but there was a big designated spot across from the hotel that it was in, and yeah, parked the bus. And uh, and these guys uh, ate, drank, smoked their brains out, drinking down there, drinking back, and uh, that on was a it. school bus. On a of school all bus, it's a good time. You had a great time. And the next day, you picked the kids up. The next day, I picked the kids. Yeah. Up. <laughs> <laughs> How much airing out of a school bus yeah. is there? <laughs> I smoked on the school bus for a couple years. Really? Yeah. Not with them in the car. 
No, no, in between. Yeah. Like, they would come on. The kids come on and go, you smoking here? Sit down. Smoking cigars on the school bus. Smoking in the boys' room, man. You could smoke back then. You know what? It, and it tastes a little better because you, you know you're being naughty. You're doing <laughs> something that, that isn't quite right or allowed. So it was awesome. So from there, uh, now we know who Dwayne is, and he did that for us. And he comes in one day and says, uh, did you lose your job? Is that what happened? Or what? No, no. Every every summer you get laid off when school's out. Okay. And uh, I said, hey, I'm going to be off for the summer. Um, you got any work for me? Actually, a, an old employee. Yeah. I said to ask you. He didn't. Yeah. Well, you know, a couple of weeks went by, whatever. I said, hey, if you need any help, let me know. You said, jump in. Nice. That that's was it. that was the that's, application That's the process. application. Yeah, all you have to do is ask <laughs> it. Jump in. Hey, this is the cigar boom is going on. And the training was, whatever Dave does, try and do more. Yeah. That was the training. Good Did luck. you smoke cigars? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I was a customer for us. Yeah, okay. I was coming around as a customer. So you knew... You knew uh... Not much. Yeah? Not much at all. I was green, and, uh, and yeah, I, I, I became real passionate you, you very fast. flavored cigars? I started off smoking fl- Carbonell's, uh, a flavored cigar in those Which days. Which a little sweet tip on a Carbonell. It was Carbonell, and it was Baccarat. And then later on became, and everybody out there is going to say the different flavored cigars that came in first. Napoleon's Dream. Dream. Napoleon's Dream. Is that still around? Nope. You know why? It's now. It's me. I invented it. it. What? I invented it. You invented the flavored cigar? Yes, I did. Yeah. Well, you had gone through a process of trying to infuse cigars with coffee whoa, and yeah, whoa, all kinds whoa. of stuff. Well, I'll tell you. Then it was uh, Edgar and Jack Dacamanji from up, up this area that took that product at that point and made it even better and actually went with it. And now and, it's... And uh, it was our number one seller at one point. I mean, we had uh, cognac, rum, vanilla. There was a handful of four yeah, or five different flavors. I don't remember going too and, much and they sold it, And they sold in these jars. We, we only have smaller yeah, jars that you see up there. I don't know if they show up in the background. You see the jars in the, in, in the top behind us, those little isn't anyway. So that was another one of my inventions that's there. And that's called the Cigar Jar. And it had a humidifier built inside with a piece of wood on it, and I invented the cigar jar. And um, I brought it to customers that were in the plastics business, and I said, how can we end up making this? They were on the school bus. They, have, they were? Of course they okay. were. Gary, yeah, Gary, Scott. Gary Scott International. International. And they said, uh, geez, we love this idea. Let, let me get a price for you. They came back, and it was 100 something thousand dollars for the molds to make it. And I go, forget it. Yeah. And a couple of weeks go by, and they come back and say, you really got to do it. It's a fantastic idea. It really works. It's the best thing out there. And I said, no, nah, I'm not going to do it. And they said, well, we'd like to do it. What do you want for the idea? And I said, nothing. Go for it. So they ended up making the cigar jar. I believe they made a million dollars in one year. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that product, it was selling for retail $50 for that jar. $59.99. $59.99. Yeah. Years before it went to $49.99. Which was a great value because humidors in those days uh. were only made in the U.S. They were made by people that made caskets. Casket companies made them. There wasn't these Chinese knockoff type things. They, they didn't exist. So humidors, if you could get them, because it's a handmade product and would take a long time, and the cigar boom was going on, it was hot enough to get anyway. This is like mid-80s? Uh, 90s, mid-90s. Yeah, mid-90s. Mid-90s. And um, I created the cigar jar. Those guys went with it. I became their best customer. Well, the team of you guys working together, Gary Scott and you, the uh, in their in their defense, they uh, the 
the device inside that yes, sealed jar. They came up with this device. Is, uh, is We have what's left of them still here at Two Guys Smoke Shop Salem yeah. um, called Evermoist. It is uh, anti-mold sneaker rubber because the jar is a sealed unit. Humidor should breathe. People, very interesting. We could talk forever about this, but... People come in and think, I want an airtight humidor. If a humidor breathes a little, it's a healthier humidor. And people look for a real sealed humidor. The cigar jar didn't breathe at all. It's a canister jar sealed up. So to get around the mold situation, they used an anti-mold sneaker rubber. All you, you could use tap water. Another another myth in the cigar world is, is to use distilled water sure. on a humidifier inside a humidor. Listen... They're expensive, so it sounds like a myth, but it's not. You can use tap water. You'll just throw that device away much faster. It'll only last months because the minerals... That's with the green florist foam stuff. Right. Yeah. Typical anything today, even even even, beads, uh, even beads, everything, you should use distilled water because it prolongs the life of that device. Mm. It doesn't do anything different for your cigars, but it prolongs the life. So if you don't want to throw $50 on a device every four months and you want to get two and three years out of it, use a, a, a solution that we sell here at Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem or... Commercials. Yeah. Or... You <laughs> can't help it. I've taught them well. Yes, still yeah. water. Sell, sell, sell. Now, yeah. So the, the Evermoist, you could use tap water because it wasn't going to break down. The minerals weren't going to break down that rubber. Correct. Right. Do well, you have matter. branded distilled water that you sell? No. Get on that. It's distilled water. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah it's distilled water. Listen, hey. we want our customers to be happy and trust and trust us. And yeah. Yes. And I'm sure there's people out there doing You've got that. soda. You've got water. It's yeah. a real deal. That's, I mean. That's the best soda around here at Two Guys Smoke Shop. No question. I'm just saying, <laughs> what's, what's stepping up here, boys? So Certified distilled water by Two Guys Smoke Shop. Same distilled water you'll get in a supermarket for a dollar a gallon. Get it there, and you can get a lighter there too. Right. We'll give you, we'll give you a dollar, a dollar and three cents a gallon. You lug it in and lug it out right. for the people. <laughs> so, yeah, lots of things came over the years, Mr. Jonathan. You're saying things that were copied and ripped off. That cigar jar was ripped off. I remember going to the trade show the year after the first year. The cigar jar got ripped off, and there were six people selling knockoffs of the cigar jar. Nobody had the uh, well, Evermoist. I right. can see so the picture of the cigar jar back there. The cigar that's in it is our La Giana. Yes. Uh, so their they, thank you to you was putting that in there. Was having that be in the picture. Yep. And that's reciprocity. That's I gave to them, they gave to me, I gave to them, they gave to me. It was a beautiful thing that ended up going on. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes it's just clear. Somebody rips you off, and that's all that, that ends up happening. But Another uh, short note, while you're talking about yeah. humidors, people, because we got into it in the 90s, myself, everybody thinks that a humidor was made specifically of uh, non-aromatic cedar, clear cedar. Before... There was a, what happened was there was they were made of mahogany yeah. years and years ago. All mahogany. What happened was mahogany got scarce, so they were trying to find another wood, and that's when non-aromatic clear cedar became the wood of choice. So if you were selling humidors, and you were telling people, "Oh, our humidors are made of mahogany," they'd leave your store because they're like, "Oh no, I need a cedar humidor," which you don't. But people started advertising instead of saying "bad," we ran out of mahogany, so we're using cedar. Would say with cedar lining, you know, like it was a good thing. Yeah, but it was actually we're using cedar because we can't get the mahogany anymore. That's how uh, that's how it, yeah. it evolved. Yeah. yeah, is one higher quality than the other? Or? Uh, well, listen, the most expensive humidor in our store right now, an eighteen hundred dollar humidor, is a, ma- a mahogany Davidoff humidor. Yeah, lining. so if you can get your hand. 
hands on one of those old humidors, someone goes to give you a, a family heirloom, it's probably mahogany and it's probably super high quality because back then they weren't machine made. Right. It was probably and handmade. Still, and there's still mach- handmade products out there. I mean, there's top guys out there making great humidors. The pr- problem is consumers aren't buying them. Consumers have changed, which is the next part I want to talk to you about is the change of the consumer since you started to the consumer we have today. So the people that are listening to us who may be a new cigar smoker um, as compared to the guy when you started in the store, I mean, what's the difference? Well, people are informed today, obviously, with with all the information that's been tossed around on the internet and put out there. Uh, listen, 17 years ago, every single customer was a cigar one on one. You didn't spend three, four, five minutes with them. It was 20 minutes, and then groups gathered around you mm, yeah. when you were talking. You know, with whatever information you had in those days. Today, we have so much more information. They haven't been around so long, and they got but it from the internet, and they got it from uh, their school shows like this. It's similar to the exist. wine business, right? All this yeah, stuff going yeah. on. That was that's what happened in wine. People, you know, and listen, there's no better time to be a cigar smoker after. I, unless it was before my time. But today, there's an abundance of great tobacco. Everybody has good tobacco. It's a great, great time to be a cigar smoker. Yeah. It was um, uh, an enjoyable time teaching people the right information about cigars. But the problem that was happening is people would come in hearing the wrong information from st- some stores. And when the... Um, the Internet started, and I said, oh, you know what? The, the right information is going to get out there. Still the wrong information gets out there. Still people believe some things that are said only because it, it's, oh, I saw it on the internet. Therefore, well, it's true. And look, it's look at nine, nine out of ten asylums. Get, <laughs> right, right, right. I find the story on the internet and someone looks it up on Snopes and it's wrong. Yeah, I mean, there's so much bad information that's out there. And even, you know, we've said some stuff and then had to retract the following week or something because somebody jumped on us and said, you know what, this is not uh, the way it is. We're going to get into some of them today, maybe. To my knowledge, the Dick Van Dyke story is 100% true, though. <laughs> yeah, 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 from last week. To my yeah, knowledge. Listen, I got a trip in here. I wrote a few <laughs> notes here. Sure. And uh, um, Dave, um, you have an open mind. Here's a guy, uh, I, I've got a. Uh, kiss up a little bit here he really an expert uh, you you call you know this is called the cigar authority what's authority defined as the quality of someone who knows about something or who's respected uh by others uh synonyms uh expert connoisseur guru whiz aficionado listen 28 years you've been at it yeah uh with an open mind hmm. visiting third world countries he's He's got frontline experience. He's seen the field. I mean, you know, besides planting seeds, this guy, you have it. You, you have it. You have a head full of it. You, well, you who passed else, it on. Who else? What other radio show is going to smoke a 34-year-old cigar yeah. and, and give you an honest opinion about it? And, and that is – you're actually right. And I, I hate to pat him on the back too much, but he does have an open mind. And he does do goofy stuff, and this is an example of one of the things. And I got to hang on to the, some of this crap that, you know – and you know it was crap going in, but it was special. In the, yeah. Who smoked the first cigars? The Mayan Indians. Yeah. The Mayan Indians smoked the first cigar. Christopher Columbus brought it back to Spain and uh, reported back to Spain with it. And it, uh, it took a long time to spread uh, to the rest of Europe after that. Well, yeah. they didn't have the Internet at that point. Yeah. No one was <laughs> tweeting pictures. Well, I, you know, I, I, I love it. I love, I love the industry, and I like to... Uh, let the people know on the correct information that is coming out uh, of it. I, I don't like when the when the uh, 
the false things are thrown around um, for the sake of um, you know somebody buying their product. You know, we we have a what do we have? Eleven hundred different open boxes of cigars. All I want to do is sell you cigars. I don't care which ones you, ones you buy. Yeah. Hopefully, it's going to be the right product that you're going, to, you're going to like the most, and that's what we're trying to have you have a great experience. So, ask you some questions, find out some information, and then try to get something for you to try. And you say, "Oh my God, that was the best cigar I ever had." Our job as retailers always has been to try to get somebody to have the best experience they could possibly ever have. I mean, that's listen, we're in the entertainment business. Right. This is entertaining. It's I call it cigarcation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I call it yeah. as a vacation. I coined the phrase. Yeah, come on in. It's an escape. It's entertaining. It, you see people's blood pressure drop walk in this store, and, and they are in one of the happiest places they can be. Yeah, it's a great deal, and, and hopefully that's a story, and that's what you got to do. Go to your brick and mortar retailers, um, sit down there, take a cigar vacation, take a, an hour off and relax and enjoy something good, and take, you know, t- basically take care of yourself. Yeah. I mean, it, it's an hour for yourself, so uh, just make sure you buy that cigar inside that same retailer. Yeah, that's one oh one. That's <laughs> number one. Of Way to try to get them wound up, Chuck. Yeah. Can you take a question from the chat box? Sure. All right, so we, we took the camera. We zoomed up to some of the jars there above your uh, bookcase, yeah. and they saw that spinning device above your head there, and they want to know the f- if that is an air, air purifier. Is it a fan? Yes, what, it is. What exactly, and I'll it, get that on camera here. What exactly is that thing? I used to sit in this office every day, and what would happen is the door was, was closed, and somebody would come in a few hours later or something, come in, and the room is full of smoke because I chain smoke all the time. And uh, you got to do something in here. So we got this fan, uh, regular ceiling fan. You take the blades off, and then this thing pops in, and it's got charcoal filters built on. So as I blow inside, blow. Centrifugal force sucks that smoke in the middle of the thing to the outside. I don't know if it's showing up good yeah. here. It's going in the middle of it, and then it, it goes. Uh, the smoke ends up going to the sides of it and filters through there. So, you know, twenty four seven, this thing is going and filtering and filtering and cleaning, cleaning. And then every once in a while, we take them out and throw the filters away and put new. And filters you can in. you can reuse those filters uh, one wash time. Them. You can wash them one time. Yeah. And then after that, you got to get new filters. But but they get they get filthy. So. We don't remember the product name, right? And I'm sure I have it right here. Really, right there. Right here. Pura wow. Fan. What's the chances of that? Wow. P-U-R-A-F-A-N. Purafan.com. If you can go to get it in your regular store, get it in your regular store. But I have it sitting right here because when people come in the office, they always ask. So you're in the office with me right now. You see it that's up there. And what did you do? You asked the question I knew you were going to. Pura fan. There we go. What's the chance of that? It's all the same. The same questions are asked all the time. Um, and you know what? The answers don't change. If you tell the truth, it's the same <laughs> answers every single time. Amazing so how that happens. It, it makes it easy. Let's hit those pure fan people up for an advertisement. There we huh? go. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Dwayne picks out uh, the next cigar that we're going to smoke out of my humidor. Uh, we'll get Debonair with Chuck Morrison. We'll do the opposite with Old Fart Freddy in the aging room. And I'll get to the tweets. Uh, from Recluse Cigars and lots more. So stick around, everybody. We'll be back in just minutes. We're live from my office, high atop a two-guy smoke shop in Salem, New Hampshire. And you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Retailers Radio Network. When you're smoking your 34-year-old Olympic cigar from 1980, it's very important that you keep the lid end out of your mouth. It doesn't matter that it's Candela. It's still going to be disgusting. <laughs> it's going to burn. keep the lid end out of your mouth. And I'm going to go eat some apple pie right now. I'm just telling you right now. See you in a bit, everybody. Okay. 
truly bold cigar is like a good story. It's perfectly crafted throughout, and you never want it to end. Take it from Rob Weiss, member of Camacho's Board of the Bold and the creator of the award-winning TV series Entourage. The Camacho Corojo is hand-built from authentic Corojo seeds, built for the expert palate and fine-tuned for maximum flavor impact, consistency, and quality. In 1962, the U.S. signed the embargo, pronouncing all Cuban products illegal and un-American. For almost 50 years, the U.S. was without a comparable substitute. In 2011, the Cigar Agency releases Ortsak Bulletproof 1962, a Dominican handmade cigar designed to go head-to-head against Castro and his infamous cigars. Today, the Cigar Agency commissioned Hendrik Keltner's A-Team to bring you Ortsak Bulletproof. In the cigar world, the forbidden fruit is Castro's Cuban cigars. The fact is, the moment you light your first Cuban cigar is the moment you've been had. If you're looking for a cigar that delivers construction, draw and price, maybe this time you should try an Ortsak Bulletproof. With the introduction of Ortsak, everything Castro is now backwards. Ortsak is Castro spelled backwards. Ortsak is what you expect a good Cuban cigar to taste like. Only better, it is the cigar of the year. The new Ortsak Bulletproof 1962. Reigniting passion in the world of premium cigars and redefining who we are as cigar smokers and Americans. Castro hates Ortsak, but you will love them. All right, listen up. If you've been feeling stuck in life, unmotivated, procrastinating, and just flat-out frustrated with the same old results and routines, consider this your wake-up call. The fact of the matter is you control your destiny, not your boss, your company, the government, or anyone else outside of yourself. With responsibility comes power. My name is Chuck Morrison, owner and founder of MakingMountainsMove.com. Since 2009, I've been helping ordinary people from around the globe achieve extraordinary results. Authors, app developers, business owners, speakers, trainers, coaches, all just ordinary people until they plugged into the Triple M movement. Now it's your turn. This is about unleashing your legacy. If you've ever had that calling, that burning desire to raise your game and start living life at a higher level, the wait is finally over. End the frustration. Crush the procrastination. Say goodbye to fear, doubt, and worry forever. Check out the fastest growing movement inside the personal development industry. Check out Making Mountains Move. This is the Cigar Authority. You're either in or you're out right now. The simple fact is, it's no laughing matter. The authority on everything cigar. It's like fishing with dynamite. In and out of the cigar industry. Are you smoking yet? This is probably the best thing that's ever happened to us. With your hosts, David Garofalo. I promise I'll do better at this job than I did on the SATs. Mr. Jonathan. I'm ready. I'm walking tall. I've been earning and burning, snapping necks, cashing checks. And Chuck Morrison. Now he's used to big group so make them feel like there's a crowd here it's time to light them up it's time for the cigar authority well if you learned anything today it won't be the truth okay we're back with our manager of two guys smoke shop in salem new hampshire Dwayne morency is with us we're going to get debonair with chuck morrison the gentleman and also quite the opposite with old fart freddie in the aging room i got the tweets welcome back everybody to the cigar authority and just in time you're listening to the cigar authority the only radio show in the U.S. and, yes, the world, that is always broadcast on location this week, high atop the headquarters of Two Guys Smoke Shop here in Tax-Free Salem, New Hampshire. And we are not, we are the only show that doesn't just allow smoking. We insist. We demand that you light up along with us. You tune in at thecigarauthority.com, which is the only way you can watch us live right now or catch the podcast on demand at any time 
You simply find us on YouTube or iTunes where you can set it and forget it. Now, I want to mention something. The cellophane that's on the 1980 box of cigars, isn't it amazing that it's clean? Mm. It didn't change color at all. You know how you see some of them and they end up Yellow. yellowing, yeah. yellowing? They, they make another one smoke. That's case. right. So I just wanted you to make note of that. That's amazing. Why, I have no idea. But this is... Don't throw it away. I want to feel the, that compared to the one that's on yeah, the it's, it's Yeah, it's got to be a different product. So yeah. you want to feel my cello, Dwayne? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Go, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> did you just take this off? I did. Pencil. Yeah. So this is uh, very yellowed. Um, this is Macanudo. This is uh, Dwayne's uh, pick for out of the humidor, what he wants to smoke right now. So this is from 1988. This is the Macanudo Vintage Cabinet Number 2. And the number two is the size. And this, again, is a Panatella. Who does number two work for? That's right. It works for Two Guys Smoke Shop. So uh, here it is. Chuck, you're going to have one of these? Mm-hmm. Yes, you are. In 1997, when these was uh, available as a 1988 blend, um, they were probably $10, 10 and some change then, per cigar. That's right. Now, yeah. you could possibly get people to pay you... To smoke at twenty twenty five dollars for this cigar right now. Wow, easy, Wh- easy. Why is that? This is uh, you this can't is... get this. This is extinct. Yeah. This, your... First off, the year of the nineteen eighty eight tobacco to choose in here that was a prime year. That was a vintage year of tobacco. Very very good year that ended up happening. Uh, also, Macanudo was a very very different cigar. If I turn this box upside down, Jamaica Montego Jamaica. That's where they made the cigar. And Macanudo was made in Jamaica. Also, Royal Jamaica was made in Jamaica. Now, both of them, including Royal Jamaica, is made in the Dominican Republic. It's a different owner. It's a different company. It's not the same. When people say, I've been smoking Macanudos for years, it's a different product. It's nothing to do with each other. The only thing the same on it is, is the band. It's the same. Now they're all him. I mean, machine made, right? Or? No, they're handmade. They are handmade. handmade. Most, except the ones in the tins, I believe. But this was from the vintage year, 1988, and this was a top, top product. I believe at that time we had the vintage years were 1997, 88, 93. Yes, 88, 93. 97 yeah. came up, but yeah, later, yeah. yeah. So uh, as I take the cigar out of the cellophane, just the opposite. You know what? Of what there was we an eighty-four. There. there was an eighty-four yeah. too. Yeah. Look! Look how yellow this is. Yeah, amazing. And actually, my second band. Uh, it has. This is a double band. The vintage year on the, on the uh, second band. Um, but you know, I'll put this. Those that are watching on the camera, the difference of color of the of the two. So what happened here? Why does a, a piece of cellophane change color? And it's the inside, not the outside of it. The inside, the oils from the tobacco. Ah. So it's years, and even the paper. The oils leach into the the cellophane. cellophane. Must have something to do with the candela issue, too. It must be the the uh, least. Candela's not very oily. The oils are trapped inside the leaf. It must be something like that, too. Possibly. So um, I'll uh, contact John Lever and have him do a math equation on that one and see how that plays out. So this was clear at one point? Yes. Yes. Yes, clear is. Yep. So uh, it is a uh, maybe a little thicker in ring gauge than this, maybe into the say a, a forty four. We might be up into the forties. Yeah. Oh yeah, this is a forty four. Yeah. So it's time to cut our cigar. The official cutting is brought to you by our friends at Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo is the brand that, while all other cigar brands were raising prices, Perdomo cut out the federal S chip tax and actually lowered them. Perdomo they stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. <clears throat> 
and we are going to cut the cigar. If you notice the head of the old Macanudos, not the Macanudos of today, but you look at an old Macanudo, the head is is rounded higher than a normal rounded yeah. cigar. Why is that? Hmm. Because <laughs> Edgar Kalman Sr., who owned this brand, was a bald-headed man. Really? And he That's said, why? He said to the rollers, look at my head. I want every cigar's head to match mine. Here in Salem, New Hampshire, he said that. Yes, he did. So they drew it out, and it was on the wall. I've been, been into their factory then. I was actually uh, uh, married in Jamaica. And there was the head, his head drawn out, and said every head of every cigar should look like that. The late, great Edgar Kalman. Awesome so uh, I yeah. met him fortunate enough to meet yeah. that man. He was very interesting. Yeah, he told you about his fishing trips and all that stuff. Yeah, and yeah. Guy was a billionaire. Billion with a B. With a B. With back, a B. Back in like the 80s? Fluent. Well, we, his, his first 90s. million was in the 60s. He told me a story of his first million that he made. He owned the, uh, a small uh, little brand that he, somebody took him out to lunch and said, um, do you want to sell that? And he said, sure, for a million dollars. And they said, okay. And that was X-Lax. X-Lax. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Edgar Coleman invented X-Lax. Well, he owned it. I don't know if he invented it. Wow. That's pretty awesome. So uh, I'm toasting my um, 1988 Macanudo Vintage. Dave, last time we saw... And I'm using the Vortex. This is the Vortex. 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 Last time we saw Edgar Coleman, how old was he? 80? 80. He died at 92. Wow. 92 or so. And when I came up with that flavored cigar... Mm. Later, turning that over to the Dakamangis, who who went semi-national uh, with it. Um, he came in the store, and his most intriguing thing that he ever saw was Napoleon's dream. He said, oh, my God, how did you do it? How is this happening? Can I smoke this? I'm smoking a Macanudo Vintage with him, and he's smoking a Napoleon dream. Wow. Wow. And he loved it. He was crazy about it. How did you get the flavor inside there and what happened and what's up with this? Well, that's a whole and different. he wanted to sit down. Napoleon's Dream mm-hmm. is a whole different cigar than what you would normally refer to as a flavored cigar. No, that's artificial flavoring. Right. This was real This was in rolled in rum and then dried, dried out. Yeah. And rolled in cognac and rolled in vanilla bean liquid or whatever that was. That, and, um, that may have been the start of the decline. Put it's in a, a very closet. expensive extract is legit vanilla extract. And it was legit. And actually rolled, not dipped, but, you know, a, a paint um, roller. Yep, paint tray. Paint tray. Yeah, and in cookie there. sheets, so, yeah. almost big cookie sheets cookie later sheets he evolved into Yeah, oh, wow. so, so they took it to another level where they started uh, really doing it. Later on, they said, we're not going to do it anymore and gave me back the trademark, and I own Napoleon Dream still to this day. I love the name. Uh, yeah. Well, the idea was Napoleon put his hand in his vest, right? Mm-hmm. This is how he put his hand in his vest, and he stood there. Why did he do that? He was rubbing Vicks Vapor Rub on his nipples. His, his cigar would come out after. That's where he kept his cigars. And, man, that was the idea of it. So, That's awesome. Hey, who knows? We, we, we throw enough crap at the wall and some of the Seven stuff sticks. Stick. And uh, some of it gets ripped off. And the next thing you know, there's flavored cigars across the country and everybody's doing it. 
and they, they took it to another level. They took it to a um, chemical uh, flavoring type of thing that would instantly be dried and wouldn't have the issues that we ended up having with cigars actually breaking apart because we did it on a finished product. We would buy raw cigars and then turn them into flavored cigars where they, they, this is sprayed on now, and it's, you know, it's a whole thing. So I don't, I don't know if I'll ever... Um, relaunch the Napoleon Dream as a flavored cigar. But then again, you remember Heaven Cigars. Sure. You they were not flavored. Not flavored. Heavenly, which is now a flavored cigar owned by Davidoff, um, started off as a regular cigar. And um, the guy that owned that, um, I guess... Got what was to, the saying on the band? If I don't go to heaven? Is that it? If they don't... If I can't... Uh, if I can't... Sm- if I can't smoke cigars in heaven, I, I shall, shall not, not go. go. Yeah, heavenly. Mark heavenly. Twain. Yeah, heaven cigars, and jeez, um, those, those were boxed. How were they? No, doing? big bundles, wheels. Yeah, yeah, yeah big wheels big of cigars. Wheels, yeah. You put them out, and they were expensive. twelve dollars. Yeah, they were. Expensive. That was expensive. And they had a cigar bar somewhere in Florida, and this guy got himself in trouble. I don't know if it was, he was drug a lawyer or whatever he was it was. A lawyer. So he ends up going to jail. And Heather, who worked there as a bartender, ended up getting the trademark. Because he owed her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she comes out with flavored cigars and later on sells out to Davidoff. And so it's amazing the, the, the things that happen over the History. 28 years that I've been in, in the business and watching the person come in. And from 85 to, say, 92, not a lot. I was building my company up, and it was what it was, and that was it. When Cigar Aficionado came out, and, and I give them a lot of praise to, to escalating the cigar industry dramatic at that point, but I think it was, and it started well, they, up. they got in because of the boom. They didn't create yeah. the boom. The well, boom was happening, and they saw that there was a, a, and they drove a market. It. They drove it, and they drove people in, and that's when people, <laughs> we were talking at the break, people were coming into this industry for one reason and one reason only, to make money. And when that industry slowed down, when the when they call it the the, the uh, bubble burst, it slowed down. They ran for the hills. They were in there not because they love cigars, not because they love the culture and the industry and the artistry and everything that goes along with premium cigars, mm-hmm. but they got in just to make a quick buck and get out. And they got out. Yeah, and they weren't going to be able to make it to be able to make a quality <coughs> product like like uh, you know that's on the shelves today and. You would you had to be passionate and you had to be dedicated and that's what the shelves are full of great cigars today and thank God yeah. the, the money part of that's gone. Cigars were awful, they were awful. Everybody was rushing out stuff and you were mentioning this this Macanudo for instance. People were coming in looking for Macanudo it was the name brand and actually Jamaican cigar and a good cigar at the time. Yeah. There was nothing wrong with it, but the regular three dollar Macanudo that existed was impossible to get. And you could get the Macanudo Vintage one, but this was 10 bucks anyway, right? Yeah, yeah, it was a $200 box yeah. by the box. So a $200 box of Macanudo, they would come in for Macanudo, and we would sell them 200 plus, Yeah, you know, yeah. for boxes of cigars then. But that was it. Was the, that was it. it was yeah, the, the shelves were bare. Yeah. Wow. Was that or you're not going to get it? And, you know, it was... Um, I was in Syracuse, New York when the uh, when, when, it, when it died. Yes. When the mu- when the music died. Yeah, that, uh, I was in a store. 1997? Maybe 98. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I was in a store, and I saw about 12 cases come in, and the store actually turned down part of the order. It was too big for this little store up in Syracuse. Yeah, because we used to order, yeah, give me 100 boxes of those. I only wanted 10, but send me 100. And 
they, they would look at the amount of orders they would get in and say, just give everybody 10% of what they want. Mm. So if you ordered 10, you got one. If you ordered 100, you got 10. I wanted 10 in the first place. And when that busted, that was how he calls me up from New York saying, here's what's going on. And the trailer trucks were pulling around back, two of them at a time. Day after day, yeah, with all back orders and all those wow. big orders. You ordered it. Here it is. And it was bad. Now, what happened at that point? Did you take the yes. orders? Yes. Yeah. Oh, took everything. Took everyone. No kidding. We took, took everything. Never, never yeah. turned down. And not only did we take everything we got, but I sent you out on the road to buy everything from everyone oh, else. Yeah. No um, way. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what was the name of that chain? Hudson News? Uh, no. Um, there was a Hudson News. Tinderbox? Tinderbox. Yeah, okay. Tinderbox. So, was this before you learned about like the whole taxation on inventory? This w- this was the beginning of March Madness. It was probably at that point. It was I, two and a half years after yeah. the taxation in Massachusetts. Or well, Massachusetts tax? Well, no, no, I'm talking about like the taxation on your inventory. Becoming an SGF no, that's corporation. Su- that's as soon as I moved up to New Hampshire. The okay. first year we moved up here, which okay. is 95. So this was a few years later, just as you said. Yeah, a few years later. Um but I knew how hard it was to get cigars, and at this point, people had so many, they didn't know what to do with them. I certainly didn't give them um, w- what they were worth. Yeah. I gave them less than what they were worth if they wanted to sell it to me. Uh, and, you know, there was um, the time to buy right, you know, and we bought heavy. We had a big, giant humidor over there with a waterfall and uh, a koi pond, a fish koi, pond for yeah, humidification. For humidification. Cool. And uh, we needed cigars anywhere to fill it, but before you know it, we not only had the, the two aisles that we had in there, but there was an aisle in between each aisle, so it ended up being wow. six aisles, and right to the ceiling, and then sometimes not even in the humidor when you'd buy so much stuff. Um, Probably 2,800 square feet, right, in those days? Now we're in 8,000 up here. Right, right. And uh, we would never fill this place, and this place is filled. Yeah. And, hey, I just met with the accountant. Let me tell you, the inventory's never been so high. We have on hand at all times at least a million cigars on hand at all times. And this is the game, and you've said it before. The inventory is the game. You have to have the product. If you need a couple of boxes of Brand X, yeah. and the store owner said to you, geez, come back next week. You're going it's somewhere so good because yeah. you obviously don't need it next week. You need it now. Yeah. You know, th- there's not a lot of people buying cigars well in advance anymore. I will tell you, you're missing an opportunity to buy some cigars in advance and, and age them and put the date on the back of it and see what ends up happening. As I as I uh, kind of bash down um, what happened to this cigar with age, it took a bad cigar and it became an old bad cigar. You know, the same wins. nothing. Yeah, but when it comes to a Macanudo. This Macanudo 1988 was a great cigar in 1988. It became a better cigar in 1997, and then here it is today, Phenomenal. and, you know, yeah. it, it's 20-plus dollars anyway. I wouldn't sell it. It's, it's um, I'm not going to sell something like this that I held on to that many years. But for a special occasion, and I'll tell you, um, when... Uh, well, having Dwayne on the show is a special occasion. That's right. Eric Hansen from Hammer and Sickle, when um, I needed a gift for him once, I don't remember what it was for, maybe when he launched, he got into the business or whatever, but I gave him a box of Macanudo 1988. And every year, he brings me, one day a year, 
he brings up a cigar, two of them, one for me, one for him, and we smoke one of the cigars out of his box. That's the special things you do with things like this. And before you know it, the 20 cigars are gone. That's how many are inside this box, and that's it. I had a, uh, a box of special cigars for my dad. They were Griffin Don Bonados. Do you remember wow, that? The big one, yeah. So this was a cigar made for the European market only, accidentally brought into the United States through the folks from Davidoff. And they said, listen, we're not going to ship them back or anything. We have these Don Bonanos and however many boxes they had. And we did a cigar dinner with them. And this was a special cigar at that cigar dinner. And my father smoked a cigar. And he was a cigarette smoker, but would smoke a cigar now and then. He smoked that cigar, and he said, now this is a great cigar. This one I love. And I said, okay. And I grabbed a couple of boxes and put aside, and I'll smoke them. You know, you can have them when you come up. And he would come up every single Saturday. Every Sunday. Sunday. And uh, have a cigar, and he'd say, you have those cigars put aside. And I had them in, a, in one of the cabinet drawers in the thing, and here you go, here you go, here you go. And um, they were getting less and less and less. And the last Sunday that he came up, I looked in, I said, Dad, there's only three cigars left. What are you going to do when those are gone? He said, I'll quit. And two days later, he died. Oh, holiday weekend. Yeah. Wow. Oh. That was it. So I have the three cigars. He was he, he was proud of you. That guy yeah, yeah. that guy knew you were okay. Your dad was a humble guy. What a guy. And uh I gotta say, you know, well really missed. And uh it would be nice to see him here what, what, yeah. on Sundays, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh but he was proud of Dave and he knew Dave was okay and, and you know, that's that's the only thing I could tell Dave who console him when that happened. Yeah. That uh that guy knew, you could just see. And what's better than letting your parent know that you're okay, you know, yeah. and, yeah. and, and he proud. knew that about Dave, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, so you get an opportunity to sit down with your dad and have a cigar. Believe me, take that opportunity because uh, I'd, I'd give my right arm to be able to do it again anyway. But cigar dinners, he would show up at the cigar dinners, and over the years we did lots of cigar dinners. Uh, the biggest one we do, which is our anniversary party, and if you've heard about it or you've ever uh, seen um, because you went there and, and saw it and you say, wow, it's unbelievable. And I get a lot of praise when I go, when I do, uh, when I show up at it, and when I go to the cigar conventions in Vegas or wherever they are, people always come up to me and say, it's unbelievable what you do at that party, and I, I'm going to give uh, major praise to Dwayne right now because uh, he's a huge part of it. I, it it's, it's almost like it, it's me, you, and Ed that put this thing together, and no one human being could ever pull off what we pull off. Mm-hmm. I mean, we give away Rolls Royces and silver bars filled in the trunk, and there's 400 people and there's, you know, tw- 25 different manufacturers from all around the world that end up attending this thing. And the set. DeLoreans oh. and Hollies and Hummers and... Crazy. and 10,000 gallons of lighting, gas. Lighting, cameras, I mean. And how it, it starts is, is every single time is me and Dwayne sitting right here where we're sitting, and uh, just talking about it, and here's what I'm thinking, and it morphs into this crazy thing, and some wacky stuff I've said over over time and stuff. Yeah, I want a a, a big thing lit up <laughs> with all lights, and then they they change with the amount. We I want a shark with laser beams. Yeah, <laughs> and it ends up happening that you know we when Deal and No Deal had come out that TV show, I wanted a set, a Deal and No Deal set with all the money, and the guy's going to get the chance, and it was the people from. Um, What's that alcohol? Uh, uh, Jim Bean? No, right uh, there. Jack Daniels. Jack Daniels. Jack Daniels. Everybody got a bottle of Jack Daniels that was made. Uh, single barrel. Single barrel. That he made the single barrel thing. And 
Now we got to give away the money, and how are we going to do this? And then that was I'm, our twenty second anniversary, and yeah. the amount was twenty two thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. Wow. the big number. Yeah, and um, I I, I, had I, the, I I say these crazy things, and I can vision them in my mind, but time. there's no way I could ever pull it off. And this is the guy. This is MacGyver that does it with scotch tape and uh, and and, and uh, bubble gum. Yeah, bubble gum and, and some uh, lighting. And at the end of the thing, it's completely useless to me. I'm like, okay, so he throws, an, he yeah. throws an idea at me. Right? So I'll be sitting across the desk and go, really. Really? Okay, so an hour later, I'll buzz upstairs and go, come on, we're going to Home Depot. Nice. Let's go. Yeah. How much you want to spend on this? You start walking through the aisles yeah. and looking at the stuff. And, I mean, there's, there's no, no book. There's no, right. uh, you know, let, let's see well, how Dwayne this was think, done before. Dwayne can think three-dimensionally through the wood and through the rubber and, the, and the, the plastic and all the stuff that needs to be cut. He's got that kind of mind. One of my favorite sayings is over-prepare yeah. and go with the flow. And you do. You, you got all your tools with you and everything. And the next thing you know, we're screwing onto a table and into a thing. The craziest things. Chuck, you've seen it now a few, oh, a few yeah. years of it. So. I was blown away with the, uh, you made like a DeLorean um, like cutout. It had the, the lights cutout. flashing. Yeah. And I mean, the doors, the wing doors. It was... and, and those lights get flashed didn't happen until we got to the function hall. <laughs> yeah, it was 48 hours before that I started you went to the hollow, yeah. Well, I started saying this may work, and, and then we, yeah, I didn't sleep for four days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, but this t- this is uh, instead of just listen, we're in the entertainment business. That's what I, you no said. matter what you say, we're in the enter- we happen to sell a product, but we're in an em- we are in the entertainment business. This yeah. is and, we're and so pe- fortunate. Yeah, and people want to get entertained. Anyway. You could be selling car parts and people miserable their car broke down. Instead, we're selling happy cigar occasions. Well, and, I, and I'll tell you what I liked about getting into the cigar business when I didn't. Two Guys Smoke Shop morphed into a cigar store. It was a smoke shop that had lots of different things and then became the core cigar business that that's all we do. And I did that because I loved the cigar customer who was always happy. The guy coming in buying cigarettes was never happy. He was very unhappy that he was smoking cigarettes, couldn't get off them. I'm giving these up. It's not contemplative. I was just going to say that. Cigars are contemplative. It's a whole different thing. And the cigar guy wants to (laughs) – he's not addicted to it. He's smoking because he wants to smoke them. It's a whole different story. I want to do it. So that's the beauty beauty of that. Because cigarettes it? are very this. They're, <laughs> I need this. It's a, it's a, it's a nervous energy. Contemplative. <laughs> Cigars are contemplative. The word of the day. Yeah, you got to say that twice, huh, uh, in your whole life. It's awesome. Well, while you're enjoying life to the fullest, it's important to be a gentleman. By tempula. By curious. Uh, how to be more debonair, more gentleman-like is Mr. Chuck Morrison. You need a gentleman? Gentleman. I'm a gentleman. You need a gentleman? <laughs> you wouldn't want to call me gentleman. Ladies, fasten your seatbelts. Switch on your electronic devices. And pop up the valve. You need a gentleman? And this is The Gentleman's Way, brought to you by Debonair Cigars and Rum. Debonair Cigars can never be subtracted. From one's life. Today, gentlemen, we're going to be talking about assistance, giving assistance to those who appear to be in distress or perhaps in trouble. Here are some examples when the opportunity arises to be a gentleman. Example number one the person who doesn't have change for the parking meter. You parked your car, you notice the person parked behind you is flustered, scrambled, and looking for change to pay their meter. 
Here is your opportunity, gentlemen, to be debonair. If you have the extra 50 cents or dollar, offer it up. Okay? I like it. Easy enough. Easy enough, right? Yeah. It's so simple, guys. It it just... Look for the opportunity. Look for the opportunity. It's always present. Example number two. The person who is blatantly lost, clearly from out of town, and needs directions. We've seen that person. Yeah, you just send them four lefts and... Yeah. Be debonair. Offer assistance if you know the area. You'd be surprised just how many people have ignored this person and just go about their way. There are some examples when to keep to yourself and avoid this person, however. uh, (laughs) If you don't know the area yourself, you don't want to give bad directions. That would not be debonair. If the person is homeless, high, or drunk, I would advise staying away. And if they happen to be in the stall next to you, that's a bad time. If they're tapping their toe, you know you stay away from You don't have a call. Yeah, stay away from that. Uh, Example number three, the shopper who can't reach an item on a high shelf. Be debonair and lend a hand. Is this a takeoff of the little people uh, debonair from <laughs> no, no a relation. weeks ago? No, no relation. relation to that. Okay. Example number four, the driver who clearly needs to be guided into or out of their parking space. I see this a lot, especially with elderly people at the shopping mall or grocery shopping. If they need help or assistance, maybe there's a shopping cart in the way. Again, you'd be surprised how many people just go about the way and ignore this person. There's a shopping cart maybe blocking them. They have a blind spot. Be debonair, be a gentleman, help them park or move their car out of the parking space. The final example is the person who is carrying a heavy or a uh, oversized parcel or package. Again, it's an opportunity to be a gentleman, to be a cut above the rest, and to be debonair. The point is, when you can be of assistance, you can be a gentleman. The question, however, is, are you debonair enough? Absolutely. Beautiful. Mr. Chuck Morrison, and being debonair enough. Are we going to take a break? We're coming to that time. And uh, we're talking with Dwayne Morenci. He's the manager here at the uh, highest volume retail cigar shop, independently owned, I believe, in the world. And uh, we'll talk to him about uh, what's going on in the cigar world. Old Five Freddy's back, uh, peeking to the asylum, the tweets of the week, and lots more. So stick around, everybody. We're broadcasting from my office, high atop a Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire. And you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Retailers Radio Network. I'd like to file a missing persons report. I've lost my one true love. Uh, what does she look like? She is like no other. Her skin, dark, simply gorgeous. Not slender, but firm to the touch. Well, we'll do everything we can for you, sir. The night we met over a fine scotch, it was love at first sight. Details. I need details, sir. Well, she's about five and a half inches tall. You mean five feet tall? No, inches. Oh, she's a mid, a dwarf, uh, a little person. No. She's a cigar. Ah, right, sir. Is she a Fleur de Lorraine cigar? The cigar that men around the world are falling in love with? Yes. Oh, I've seen this before. Louie! Yeah? Uh, get him a Fleur de Lorraine cigar and a list of United Cigar retailers to carry it. Fleur de Lorraine cigars. Simply gorgeous. Available only at appointed United Cigar retailers across the country. Fleur de Lorraine. Stop missing out. Mr. Jonathan, a shadowed figure spinning tunes on records that do not exist. Mr. Jonathan, a young cigar smoker 
on a crusade to champion the oldies, top 40, and yes, even country, with a host of DJs that operate above the mix. Mr. Jonathan is my dance instructor. Mr. Jonathan is my DJ. Mr. Jonathan is me. Mr. Jonathan is my DJ.com, your one stop shop for everything DJ and sound production. Mr. Jonathan is my DJ.com. He reads the dictionary just for fun. He finds the minutiae of tax preparation enthralling. Years ago, at an open mic night, he was paid just to leave. He is the only man to win a staring contest with the Statue of Liberty. He is so uninteresting to women, he was forced to open a cigar shop to sell to men. He's not even a legend in his own mind. He finds himself boring. His family barely pays attention to him, and his mother refers to him as, Hey you, he is David Garofalo, the least interesting man in the cigar world. Not since Zeno Davidoff has a cigar retailer had a brand named after him. The man himself may be a bore, but the cigar isn't. Garofalo is a premium handmade luxury cigar using U.S. shade wrapper and a blend of Nicaraguan fillers and binder. Complex and very interesting. Garofalo may be the most interesting cigar in the world. It once won a longest ash contest without even being lit. You don't light a Garofalo, it lights you. Its flavor expands on your palate faster than the universe. It has been said that this cigar would be phenomenal as a Maduro, except it's perfect as it is. I always smoke cigars, and when I do, I prefer Garofalo. Keep smoking Garofalo, my friends. Hey, Jack, I finally found a cigar magazine that I like. Really? What's it called? Cigar Journal. What's so great about Cigar Journal? Is it really different from the other magazines? It is. Cigar Journal is all about cigars. None of the nonsense you see in other magazines. Really? Yeah, it has stories, reviews, and the latest news about premium cigars. Is it a little newsletter? No, I think you'll be very impressed. Cigar Journal has beautiful images, a thick cover, and is strictly for the cigar enthusiast. They cover cigars in the U.S. and around the world and is printed right here in the USA. That sounds interesting. Where can I buy it? Cigar Journal is available at local cigar retailers and on the web at www www.cigarjournal.co That's cigarjournal.co I'll sign up today. This is Ernesto Perez Carrillo from E.P. Carrillo Cigars and you're listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Retailer Radio Network. All right. We're back. We're smoking some vintage stuff from the 80s. I got a flavor. That's where I live in the 80s, baby. I got a flavor. Yeah. This cigar is what would happen if you had a seltzer water that was tobacco flavored. It is tobacco seltzer water. A little lemony, a little lemon, a little twist of lemon. No? You like it. A little twist. No, I guess from the Not combination the... of the seltzer water. It's a little, there's a little bit of the. Carbonated water. Are you sure. concurring? I'm concurring. He's concurring. He does get it. As much as he's a crazy. Person, listen, he's got to have something. He's got something. <laughs> we hate him a little less. Cigar Company gets national TV attention this week. We are um, 
We're broadcasting this on Saturday, although we are taping it, but it's going to happen this Friday, so that's why I'm going to mention it for those that are listening in advance of it. Cigar maker Parodi and Avanti, among others, will be part of a Newswatch weekly showcase for consumers' interests this Friday. This Friday. So if you're listening on Saturday, it was yesterday. DVR it. It's 28th. Okay. 28th. The show is at 6 a.m. to 6.30 a.m., they give them a great time slot, huh? On the History Channel, and from 7 a.m. to 7.30 on the Bio Channel. And um, they're going to be talking about uh, Avante, which uh, this is the old... Um, like an anise-flavored... Anise. Yeah, it's a, anise, right? I think yeah. it is. And, um, you know, these are the old Italian stogies type of thing. We did a show from the North End at the Feast yeah. last year, and we, we actually smoked them there. Smell and taste like licorice. Yeah, yeah, that anise taste to it. I, and they use real anise, they say. Uh, but they'll explain it to it anyway. I'm going to DVR it anyway and see what I can learn from there. But these are the guys, you know, you're hearing a lot about the Kentucky fire-cured tobacco. These are the guys that did it first 100 years ago. So uh, when I end up smoking one of those fire-cured cigars, I think Perotti. Cool. Not, not, the, not the Avanti with the innocent in it, but a Perotti has that Kentucky fire-cured, that smoky flavor. Are they not the same cigar and just one is rolled in innocent? Yes. I don't know how it's done, but yeah. Okay. It's the same thing. And they make other ones. They make, um, do you remember the, the other brand that they have? Blueberry? Perotti? Yeah. Frankenberry? Yeah. There's one other one that we carry for a short time, and I just had to discontinue what I could. <laughs> oh, not the um, T- Toscano, no. No? No idea. Ramrod. Oh, Jesus. Oh. Say car ramrod. Say car ramrod. Car ramrod? <laughs> Super troopers. He doesn't oh, get it. Oh, my no, God. Again, Rudy I got live in it. the 80s. Rudy got it. Um, but, yeah, they, these guys were the Kentucky fire-cured guys, and they're still out there after all these years, and, um, you know, it's probably the next generation stepping in right now. We'll see what's happening with them. So anyway, it's time to uh, take a look at social media. So let's do that. Let's take a look in social media. Brought to you by our friends at Recluse Cigars, the cigars that were built on social media. All Recluse Cigars go through eight fermentation cycles, easy for you to say, and of course of two full years to guarantee flavor and balance. Try a Recluse Cigar today. Okay, the best tweets I saw all week. Don't walk into Barnes & Noble and ask, where is white, the white history books? Don't, yeah, that's, don't ask that. That's not good. Nope. Forrest Gump came out 20 years ago. Can you believe that? Of course you can, because you're not an idiot who doesn't know how time works. That's how Forrest Gump was. He didn't know how it worked. <laughs> Life is like a burrito. If you fill it up, too many things may fall apart when you try to pick it out. Uh, pick it up. And then they kick you out of Chipotle. Say that five times fast. I know, it's terrible. The hell with the Klondike bar. Ask me, what would I do for a box of Girl Scout cookies? Yeah. And the best tweet I saw all week. The trouble with being punctual is that nobody is there to appreciate it. Ah, I see why you're going with that. those are the best tweets I saw all week. Today's social media brought to you by Recluse Cigars, Rolled and Two Bar, the old Cuban way for an effortless and perfect draw every time. Do you think you could read through them once or twice before the show starts? Just throwing that out there. That's what you'd say to me. So I have to say it to you. It's true. It doesn't matter if I read. I just can't read. I just can't read. 
Uh, what do we got? The I've mailbag, been, Mr. Jonathan. I've the been mailbag. waiting the entire show to discuss this because you and Chuck like to t- like kid around and say Jeremy Soares is going to be my replacement. Is this the mailbag? This is the mailbag. And you're in charge of the mailbag. I am in charge of the mail bag. You are. Yes. Okay. The, the mail came in. It came into the cigarauthority.com. I they saw got the right it. person for the job. I saw it to you, the mailbag, and. Um, I saw it, and he was on what he referred to as Cloud Nine. There was yeah. an expletive that he deleted from that. By yeah. way. <laughs> so uh, submitted, he was very happy. He got something nice. Somebody said something nice about submitted him. Submitted through the Contact Us page of the Cigar Authority. If you have nice things to say about Mr. Jonathan, you can always just contact us right at thecigarauthority.com. It's from Robert. I just finished listening to Saturday's Don't episode. Don't you call him Uncle Robert? I, <laughs> no. <laughs> I've never met this man before. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that I'll be willing to admit. Uh, I've been listening religiously for over a year. I never have had a reason to complain. However, Uh-oh. your guest, Jeremy, is a microphone hog. He would not stop talking, completely drowning out Mr. Jonathan, who, when he is allowed to speak, actually adds Content and I could not agree more, Robert. Oh, Uncle Robert, <laughs> did you handpick this mailbag? I know you are just joking about replacing Mr. Jonathan, but some jokes are too scary to be funny. Almost always a fan, Robert. Almost always a fan. Well, he's obviously not a fan of Jeremy Soares, and uh, Jeremy's nickname, by the way, is the Mouth. We call him Jeremy the Mouth Soares for a reason. And uh, I think you guys... He's got one sore in his mouth? <laughs> Why? We're not supposed to talk okay. about that. So, uh... Jeremy it's... talks a lot. I talk a lot. And Mr. Jonathan's job is to try to get a word in edgewise. I thought it was very entertaining of you trying to talk last week. Well, say what you will, but... Well, you're not going to hang If I had there. a team of writers, I would like Jeremy Saw's mouth at the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah? He's funny. In the 80s, we called it Silver Tongue. <laughs> He's good. He's good. Not according to Robert. I'm done with that guy. Well, right, that's because right. Robert kissed up to you a little. Really? You got a little Robert. something. It's time to go into the aging room. If he's ready, Mr. Old Fart Freddy. It's time to step into the aging room. Sometimes aging makes a great cigar even better. Just like aging room cigars. You guys might want your They're earmuffs small for this one. batches from rare and limited 100% Dominican tobaccos. And here in our aging room is Old Fart Freddy. Nowadays, VD scans are quick, painless, and often electronic. In my day, the doctor stuck two gloved fingers up your backside and asked you if it burns when you pee. Nowadays, the police are training the youth of America to rat on each other. If you finger your friend for breaking the law, you get an ice cream oh, cone God. in some neighborhoods. In my day, fingering Old Fart Freddy would get you something free, all right. A brand new pair of cement shoes. Nowadays, it's against the law to build your own dams. In my day, we would erect huge dikes to make our own electricity. Uh (laughs) We were VD-having, non-ratting men with hugely erected dikes. Sometimes, aging makes a great cigar even better. (laughs) Dick Van what? Just like aging room cigars. Made in small batches from rare and limited 100% Dominican tobacco. Try aging room cigars from Boutique Blends. Some things are better aged. Some are not. Again, with the fingers in the butt. What information can you possibly garner about the front while you're digging around in the back? That's right. Why would they go back there for Why no reason? Why do they go back there? They like it. I guess so. They like it, obviously. So, Dwayne, 17 years, you've seen customers come and go. And um, 
we have, you know, we, we carry the domestic cigars and we got a, a bunch of old guys that come in and get that stuff because that's what they've been smoking for years and years. People bring it up all the time, so I'm going to bring it up, which is health in cigars. Do you feel after all these years, you're talking hundreds of customers every single day for all these years, what effect does smoking premium cigars have on a, uh, on a person? Uh, nice question. I, people... I've been smoking for 17, 18 years now. I I can, in three weeks from now, be running five miles again. I'm 52 years old. I did it. I, You know, you got Arnold Schwarzenegger was in yeah. charge of the health of the country or something like that, yeah. physical fitness of the country at one time. I think Bush named him that or somebody did. But uh, Well, seven-time Mr. Olympia. Listen, smoked. And smoking cigars. Seven, ten, yep. eleven cigars a day, right? Yeah. So... Uh, 175 customers a day I've been waiting on for 17 years. Not a story. Not one. Not a. Not an oxygen tank. Not a complication. Nothing. I, I listen. I, I don't want to make light of it or anything. But there's uh, what's what more information can you have than that? And uh, we still have a store full of people, and uh, still not a complication. Out of 175 people a day for 18 years. 17, 18 years yeah. now, it's, there's, a, there's some numbers there to show that, and, you know, it's, a dog makes your life, your lifespan a little longer, right? Marriage, yeah. a dog. Uh, um, you sure about the marriage one? I think so, yeah. Okay. Uh, they, they live longer anyways. Yeah. Sure. And, um, <laughs> right answer. <laughs> <laughs> so, Two really, points, actually. I mean, I don't know what else, it, you know, and if, if there was a complication after all these years, that's a low statistic and we haven't seen any so uh i feel great um yeah and um you know you you know you move around keep a body in motion stays in motion and uh i smoke and you know uh i I don't find anything um at this time yeah to to say that there's an effect i think there's something to this um i think there's an effect but i think it's a positive effect i think these and you see them you a guy comes in uh towards the end of the day or something he's in a miserable mood he grabs himself a cigar he sits down in the back and he leaves a happy guy as he's going out he just relaxed for an hour and go, and the p- blood pressure went down his shoulders dropped he's you know he just leaves a different person when when he leaves here i mean this is a, almost a psych- psychological thing that happens it's- in 1996, I started smoking cigars in Mexico, came back and dabbled in flavored cigars and stuff. Let me tell you, the biggest thing that changed my life, I like to smoke while I'm driving. The biggest thing that ever happened was traffic does not bother me anymore. I hear that. Mm. I, if I light up a if I'm in a traffic jam and I travel up to a lake house on the weekends, if I'm in a traffic jam, it means nothing to me if I can light up a cigar now. That every second of my life was miserable before I smoked cigars in traffic. Amazing. It's like a cure. If, yeah, yeah. I, you know, if it's I could, okay, I'm relaxing now. I don't you know, know. You know what it, it is. It don't matter. It's contemplative. It's contemplative. <laughs> contemplative. Obviously. I was in traffic the other day. My wife and I were trying to get from exit three to exit four. It's a five-mile span on Route 93 up here in New Hampshire. And I'm driving, and there's two kids. I've got the two-guys sticker on my window. And there's two kids in the car pull up next to me. They're honking the horn and flashing the high beams, and they roll the window down. And I'm like, I don't recognize them, and they both hold out cigars. Nice. And I was like, I've got a cigar in my humidor. I yelled to my wife, give me the, give me the humidor thing. I'm lighting up. And, oh, my God, nice. it was nice. much more relaxing. And she's okay with it? You're lighting the Yeah, she's yeah. fine. She didn't have a choice. It's important. It's important because that can ruin a good time anyway. Uh, time How about Richard Carlton yeah. Hack's quote in his book, The Ultimate Cigar Guide? 
um, his, his thank you, his credits were uh, to his wife. That's right. Th- thank you to my wife for never being jealous of my passion for cigars. That's cool. Yeah. Nice. Because they, they How's yeah. that? Yeah. Where'd that book come from and what'd you do? When I when you hired me, you said take this book home and read, read it. it. Yeah. I'm the only one that ever read it. I highlighted it, read it twice, wow. gave it back to him, yeah, before I even got really dove into the job. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. It was good. He did a good job with it and that was that was the best I found out there at the time. Um, it, was, it was the most accurate information that was there. There's so much inaccurate information on the internet and in, and in print that's just completely wrong. Plus, you got people out there that are telling fibs. You know, they're they're making up stories that aren't true. And yeah, a cigar company that has their cigar made in in Nicaragua, and they say it's Honduran or mm. it's well, whatever. Dying, yeah, dying the wrappers, dying the wrappers, all kinds of crap that's ended up happening. Anyway, time to take a sneak peek into the asylum. They're coming to take me away. I was waiting for a little, uh... They're coming to take me away, ho, ho, hee, hee, ha, ha, to the funny part. sitting here enjoying my cigar. all the time, and I'll be happy to see those nice young men in their clean white coats, and they're coming to take me away, ha, ha. It's time for news from the Insane Asylum. Odd and sometimes historic news and stories, too insane to be true, but they are. Brought to you by Asylum Cigars, Take No Prisoners, truly flavorful medium-bodied cigars with sizes ranging from 4x44 to the absolutely insane 6x80, that's right, that's Asylum. The Republican-controlled Arizona State Senate voted along party lines Wednesday to pass Senate Bill 1062 a measure that would allow businesses to reject service to any customer based on the owner's religious beliefs. The bill reads, Exercise of religion means the practice or observance of religion, including the ability to act or refusal to act in a manner substantially motivated by a religious belief, whether or not the exercise is compulsory or central to a larger system of religious belief. That's insane just the way it's worded. (laughs) Arizona State Bill 1062 now heads to the Republican-majority State House, where it is expected to pass. And if this passes, anyone can create any religion they want and can discriminate against anyone for any reason. Hey, Arizona, the gays can get married now. Get over it. That's insane. That's asylum. Brought to you by Asylum Cigars. Take no prisoners. Truly flavorful, medium-bodied cigars with sizes ranging from 4x44 to the insane 6x80. That's insane. That's Asylum. They're coming to take me away, ha-ha. They're coming to take me away, ho-ho, hee-hee, ha-ha. To the funny part true. where life is beautiful true. all Completely the true. time. And I'll be happy to see those nice young Hey, Arizona. Yeah. yeah. They all they all poked their head up and said, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And this is the Republicans doing it this time. They're yeah, all mad. It doesn't they, matter. They're all in the same. The they're gays all... can get married, and they're trying to make uh, religious freedom so that you can own a business to say, I'm not going to serve homosexuals because it's my religious belief that what I they're doing that. is wrong. It's I ridiculous. It. Some, there's a veto now, right? They're talking veto. Yeah. yeah. Rudy's saying that he thinks the bill is passed. Really? Well, the, the the Senate bill itself did pass, and it's going to oh, the no. House, yeah. and it's expected to pass there. But that doesn't quite make it a law. It still has to be signed. But the governor. So, yeah. it could. There's a chance it won't make it. Right. So, uh, McGruff, the crime dog. Yeah, we were talking about that last week. We never got to it. We so never got it to it. 
Uh, John Russell Morales, 41, an actor who once played the crime-fighting cartoon Bloodhound, has been sentenced to nearly two decades behind bars after pleading guilty to possessing, get this, 1,000 marijuana plants and a cache of nearly 30 weapons, including a grenade launcher and thousands of ammunition rounds. McGruff the drug dog. Yeah. Morales was arrested in 2011 after Galveston, Texas police and drug-sniffing dogs, real dogs, that is, Stopped him for speeding, and according to the assistant U.S. attorney uh, who later prosecuted the case, authorities discovered diagrams of two indoor pot-growing operations and an abundance of marijuana seeds in Morales' infinity. And and he wasn't in Colorado or California, so he couldn't do it. Uh, That's what I'm going with. Yeah. Yeah. So he's just living in the wrong place. So he was sentenced to a thousand plants. I don't think even in Colorado or California you could have that many plants. A thousand plants. That's acres. you could you could have a thousand plants if you were a grower. Okay, like a like a if dispensary. you were a licensed grower supplying dispensaries. Yeah. But Not yeah, <laughs> I don't think you're just allowed to have a thousand plants. And McGruff, you, really? Just for the record, you should McGruff not be Crumbin. carrying around plans that are discoverable in your automobile if you have a pot farm. Well, just saying. What about a grenade launcher? Really? I'm okay if you want a grenade launcher. If the government can own it, you should be able to own it. I think that part's wrong. And when the police pull him over, do you know who I am? I'm McGruff the crime dog. <laughs> Damn There's it. nothing to see here. Go. Get out of my way. Bitch. I'm one of you. <laughs> Heal. Yeah. Didn't work yeah. out for him, though. It didn't, didn't work, work out. out for him. So McEnroe Vintage, 1988. This is Jamaican stuff. They don't make cigars in Jamaica for uh, consumption. I, I guess there's a couple of people making them. You go to a li- little, uh, like a bodega yeah, or whatever. Yeah, a bodega or something may have it or something. But the labor rates got too expensive there. So when Coleman sold out, they said, okay, we're going to go somewhere else. And they never quite produced the same Were they product. growing tobacco in Jamaica at the time? Yeah, it was they, all grown there. Yeah. everything, right? And they were growing everything. Was Temple Hall uh, Jamaican? Yes, Jamaican also. Tem- Temple yeah. Hall was too. Temple Hall. And there was other companies that made Jamaican products too, Jamaican Gem, and there was a whole bunch of stuff. Um, the, the 80s and early 90s were full of Jamaican stuff, Costa Rican. You remember, you went through oh, all God. the... And, and it, it's funny when we talk to customers, right? We bring up some old brand names or some things that were hot, on fire brands that people would knock your door down to try to get. They don't even know what it is. Yeah, don't know the owners, don't know what yep. they are. And these guys were the the, the leaders of the micro brands. I mean, the, the small guys, Tony Bahani from Bahia Cigars, Costa Rican Cigar, Don Douglas who produced it. Um, Didn't the, he invent the pizza box or something? It yeah. something to do with the yeah, pizza box. Yeah, the pizza box, box or the thing that went on top of it. Something, something yeah. yeah. This um, made his fortune. And Tony worked at a big place in New York, a, a big cheese house in New York, and that's how they got to know each other. Oh, uh, through uh, no Cheese for the pizza. No kidding. Yeah. I gotta say, I'm not a fan of regular Macanudo, and if this is the best of what was what was out then, I probably would have smoked it. But it's coming in at about middle of the road for what we got going on now, and you can get a cigar that's better than this for six, seven dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if this was this ten dollars in its this, in its day, this, that'd this. be fifteen, seventeen now. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just not that good. Yeah, uh, and, it, and I'm not taking anything away from it. It's, oh, it's hey. good for what it was, but. It's uh, and there's such a thing as um, reaching its prime. Sure, and uh, I'm wondering if maybe that happened. I do enjoy a little bit of that club soda feel, though. Not a lot of cigars have that tingly on your tongue, and uh, that part's that part's intriguing. I'm wondering what tobacco club soda has that. 
Club Soda Jonathan. That's your new nickname, Club Soda. No, I don't think it is. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going with no on that one. How about when we blind tested, I blind tested everybody on a uh, past Cigar of the Year back in those days. Yes, now blind testing for those that are listening and don't know, when we do this two guys all the time, we've been doing it for many years, is... Uh, one of the employees will pick out cigars, take the bands off them, and give them to every other employee, and then this would be after lunch, and then we'll all smoke the same cigar, and then everybody would be chiming in and saying, it's this, it's that, it's this, I like it, I hate it, Country of origin, um, price. Yeah. Nice. And uh, it's, it's amazing how different you look at a cigar without the band on it, and you think differently about it. I'm telling you the cigar is 1988. It's a Macanoodle from Jamaica, and you're smoking it, and you say to yourself, oh, maybe you think better of it because it's been saved that long. It was so expensive, sure. and, it, and, it, and it's not as good. I don't know. Someday I'll blind test you on it, and we'll see, see, see if it's worse than it, than it is or, or whatever. But in your case, uh, sometimes we would try a cigar, and it, we would it, say it was our, great. Our particular cigar made Cigar of the Year. Three or four years later, blind tested him on it. Everybody trashed that cigar because of how good cigars got shortly after the boom, mm. and uh, and trashed it. And it was the cigar of the year. Yeah, and that's and that's what we lived with during was, that time. I mean, wow. it was it was the best you could. And it's a shame that so many people tried cigars for the first and only time during the cigar boom when cigars were the worst they yeah. ever were. And they say, you know, I tried it before. I didn't like it. I tried them in the 90s and cigars. I didn't like it. It was the complete worst. They were so much better beforehand. And then after to today, holy God, now they got it down. I'm only a cigar smoker because of domestic cigars. My grandfather smoked El Producto my entire childhood. Yeah. I think he smoked them because the boxes were all the same size because he had them labeled with this size washer and this yeah, size yeah, screw. Yeah. And so that's what I was used to smelling. And once in a while, a cigar will have that aroma and it'll bring me right back to when I was a kid. But if it wasn't for those crappy domestic cigars, which was what he felt comfortable paying for a box because he smoked a lot of cigars at the time, I wouldn't be a cigar smoker now. Yeah. So every, everything does end up having its place. Yeah. I'm off to the Dominican Republic tomorrow morning, first thing, and I will look and see what's new, what's coming out, what hasn't been told yet. You know, again, sometimes they say... Give us a scoop. Yeah, I'll give you a scoop, but I mean, sometimes they say, you know, don't say... They come right out and say, don't say this on the radio. Stop reminding me you're on the radio. How many times have you thought it's Mr. Jonathan? Yeah, yeah, we say that too. <laughs> and it's only because it, it, it's they're worried about copycats that somebody's going to come out with a product before they, they, they're not going to launch it until, say, the trade show or something in, in July. It's not going to come out till September. And, you know, don't Isn't say- that the biggest farce in the whole industry right there? Is that the, someone will say, oh, I've been working on this for, say, five years. And they heard about it, they rushed it, they got it done in eight months. To get it launched in time for the trade show, the reality was they heard about someone's cool idea that got leaked, and they've got the production, and they just snapped to, and were able to get the cigar out, and then they make up the story of how long they've been working on it. Yeah, I can't imagine going through it. I've I've sat through tables of cigars of different blends and going through 30 different blends at the same time, and oh my God, the, the work that goes into it, but five years of it? The, the tobacco changed. It didn't. There's no yeah, way. Yeah, there's no way. Yeah, there's no way. No one works on something for five years. Not in the cigar business, I would say. Um, when 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 I do come back, I'm going to come back Sunday, uh, back to work on Monday. Sunday night, I get home. 
Uh, we're going to have to tape a show next Tuesday. Yeah, so also, Dwayne, you and I go on vacation starting tomorrow. Yes. And it ends Monday. Yeah. Yeah, look at my loading dock. <laughs> yeah, vacation from my problems. But no, you guys got to get ready for March Madness, and then you got to get ready for Tuesday. We're going to tape a show same time. We're going to tape it at three thirty on Tuesday. Here from the office for uh, yep for broadcasting on the following Saturday, where we Chuck Morrison, Mister Jonathan, and I, along with two lucky winners. Are going, to Jim. The, are going on the Diamond Crown Experience. We're going to Tampa, Florida with Eric and Bobby Newman. Yep. And we are going to watch a hockey game, a Bruins hockey game. We're going to dine in, in, a, in an awesome restaurant with a uh, dessert room. Uh, we're going to go to Bobby Newman's house. We're going to go to their tour, their cigar factory, their cigar museum. And we're going to broadcast the following week's show, which will be taped there on Sunday, I believe. Okay, at the factory. We're going to have to hit the factory on Sunday and tape the show from there. You guys will both be proud of me for my debonairness. Uh, Old Fart Freddy and I worked out a much more tame Old Fart Freddy because... We'll be in somebody's uh, house, right? We'll be at the Newman's, and we don't want to be having them listening to Camel Toe and Hot Pile <laughs> and all that. It's very debonair. I you. try, man. You're going to do the mailbag? Yeah, yeah. Yes, we will still have mailbag. All right, so then, uh, then I'm off to Miami after that. And uh, it, it's uh, it's nonstop. But uh, anyway, thanks everybody for listening. Those that did uh, on the podcast on the uh, video uh, live, thank you for joining us. I appreciate it very much. Uh, don't forget subscribe to the podcast and um, get on the texting so we can keep you informed with what's going on. Write us a nice review on iTunes, would you? Yeah, really. Uh, thanks for listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Retailers Radio Network. When you're smoking your Macanudo Vintage 1988, always remember. To keep the lid end out of your mouth. cigars from him since 1985 when they first opened up. Two Guys Smoke Shop. Now, Two Guys Smoke Shop have three convenient locations right over the Massachusetts border in tax-free New Hampshire. Now, here's something I bet you didn't know. Two Guys Smoke Shop is America's largest cigar shop and has the largest inventory of cigars anywhere. Wait till you see this place. You're not going to believe it, all right? Now, if you like cigars, you can't find a better place to buy them than at Two Guys Smoke Shop. They're in Salem, New Hampshire, Seabrook, New Hampshire, and their new location in tax-free Nashua, New Hampshire. It is worth the ride. You can call 888-2-CIGAR-2. That's 888-2-CIGAR-2 or on the web at twoguyssmokeshop.com. The best place to buy cigars anywhere is Two Guys Smoke Shop. It's Stogie Heaven. With a million choices, it's